knowledgeable Dude. person human thing. <laughs> That's that was my he, nickname in high school. Hello, Internet, and welcome to the A to Z Horrorcast. This is the Creative Town Podcast brought to you by us over at adzhorror.com. I'm Jack, and sitting across from me is Jake. In the end, it's all nice, Jack. <laughs> and sitting next to Jake is someone else who ain't trying to jive you, Jim. It's Mark. Hello. For those of you unfamiliar with our Crackerjack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. And I have a feeling we're going to need to get a little extra drunk this week, because, oh less. boy, we watched, yeah, yeah, or less, maybe. If ever we there was an argument for Straight Edge. 2000's Requiem for a Dream, uh, which was a pick from Patreon member TJ. TJ, thank you very much for the support and for the pick, except for sort of not for the pick, because woof. But anyway, we'll dive into that uh, real soon, and when we do, fair warning, we're going to spoil the absolute nonsense out of it. And hey, like I mentioned, we do have a Patreon going, so if you want to support us and get some cool perks, like at a certain tier picking movies for us to review, you can go to patreon.com slash ATOCHOR and support the show at your level of choice. All of our Patreon proceeds continue to go to Feeding America, which is somewhere better than our dumb asses. Uh, but if you can't do that or just don't want to right now, that's cool. But try to do something you can uh, for someone who needs it. BlackLivesMatters.card.co remains a good list of resources of ways you can help fight systemic racial injustice. And if you hey, need a little hey, esca- Jack, before yes, you sir. go on, uh, yes, sir. been a rough week. A few other places you might want to look at. Yeah, uh, Trans call. Texas, I was thinking Equality we Texas. Yeah. That's a really good uh, call. Help transgender youth in Texas. Yeah, and then Monst- also- truly monstrous <laughs> things are happening in Texas. So help trans people in Texas. Also, obviously, I mean, this is going to come out two weeks from now, so who fucking knows what's going on in Ukraine? But do what you can over there too. There's like the Red I'm Cross sure, I'm stuff. sure, money would still be well utilized. Something in like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Other I'll places some, you can look. I'll put some links to uh, reputable charities for both those accounts in the Thank show you. description below. So yeah, put your money there, and if you have some left over and you want escapism with us, hey, we're still here. You know what? Don't yeah. This week, don't even put any of it towards us. Either way, yeah, put it actually. Yeah, you know what? Specifically this week, don't become patrons. <laughs> if <laughs> you're thinking week. about it, put it somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, ah, but if you need a little escapism, and God knows you do, hopefully you can have some fun in the horror world with, <laughs> with us this for a little bit. Except for whoops on that score too. <laughs> but boys, you know what that means? It's time to get any drunk parts on that score. Let's do beers for fears. Hey, Jake. Hi, Jack. What are your beers for these fears? I have a beer. I don't know if this is hazy or not, so I'm going to drink it out of glass. This is called Dreamcatcher IPA by Grand Teton Brewing. Dream- this is the movie's Requiem for a Dream. All these folks have dreams, uh, and they all get caught up in some shit. Yep. This movie also gets pretty hazy as it goes. I just want to see if this beer is hazy. Yeah, there's like a there's a general dreaminess and haziness to it. I think it probably is. Absolutely. Uh, Jake, I like the pick. I myself it's hazy. am going with a big little thing, uh, Sierra Nevada Imperial Hazy IPA. This is number one, the hazy thing. And But I chose to not just get hazy little thing because that's kind of the theme <laughs> of this whole movie is they're doing a bunch of just one little thing to get their next fix that eventually becomes a very big thing. So this is a big little thing, a series of little acts to get their next fix that add up to one very big thing and ruin all their lives. Um, yay. Mark, what about you? Yay. <clears throat> Mark's got juice. Mark's got juice. Juice by Mark. Juice by Mark. Cool. I'm drinking juicy IPA by yep. Double Mountain. I'm surprised you guys didn't go with anything juicy. Specific. I couldn't go. I could not not do this. Yeah, I mean, that's fine, too. You're surprised I didn't go juicy. I did, I mean, hazy, it works. It I, was, I was definitely not hazy. I was definitely going to go so fucking dreamy if they had it canned, but I couldn't find it. I didn't want to drive all the way out to I, pay it. 
all the way out. <laughs> I didn't have access to Payette Brewing, um, and I didn't see anything that said Juicy on it at the, I think I was at a liquor store when I bought this beer. Yeah, I normally I see Juicy on fucking everything, and this time I yeah, scoured it's really had its moment. and this was literally the only one I can find. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that it doesn't come back. That looks very not hazy, by the way, Jacob. Uh, I think it is. It's actually strange. That would tell me that'd be like a triple hazy. I would have. I would expect that kind of gold color that's coming off of it. But this is six percent. What? So. None of this makes sense. This is six percent. Okay. Mine's nine and a half percent, and it's pretty syrupy. <laughs> it's going to be a hell of a morning. <laughs> that doesn't look hazy to you. Not really. That just I looks literally like can't see through it into the light of my computer. Well, okay, yeah, maybe it's just the lighting. In Jake, what, what are the, the, what's its turbidity in NTUs, please? Um, I'm not the scientist. High. I think you'll find. What's the top of the <laughs> yeah, NTU high? scale? Is it just countable? Uh, there is a maximum, but it's not like 100. It's a very stupid scale, but there is fully opaque. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's not quite that, fully but it's, opaque. it's surprisingly you... close for a low ABV IPA. He has a tulip glass, and I'm pretty sure if he put his finger in the middle of it, we probably couldn't see it. Also, you could see a strong light or laser through it. It's not concrete, which is would max out the turbidity scale. Well, let me go get my strong laser. Listener, yeah, hold I, on. Whatever. We're not cutting this any of this. I'm going to go get my laser. Oh my We're going to do some quick optical tests on it. I'm just saying, man. <laughs> IPAs, like a non-hazy IPA, you should be able to see through. Like th- That's a fucking hazy IPA. Dude. Yeah, it's a hazy IPA. It, okay. Yes. It ha- it's high in NTUs. Maybe high. a 60 uh, or a 70. High. 70. 70 NTUs, yeah. Okay. Um, Either way, boys. Cool. Ordinarily on the podcast, this is where we talk about what else has been rocking our horror worlds. But as we release this, it is, as we record this, it is prior to the first of the month. Um, Just just about that month being March of 2022. Well, no, I mean, we're, we're... a week not behind, but just a week ahead in releasing schedule. So it can't. When this doesn't drop understand. towards the start of February or towards the start of March, it's not my fault because I, wa- I wasn't necessarily slow at editing. That might also be true, but not my fault. I'm very defensive. <laughs> hey, let's very do, sensitive. Let's do the horror release roundup for HRR, um, where we compile a list of uh, all the horror movies we're able to find coming out of the course of the next month and put them together on our website, a-zhorror.com, um, and nowhere else because we got banned from a lot of uh, other social media Yeah, platforms. you know what, listeners? You're lucky we're still doing this shit. Well, and as we've said before, <laughs> TBH. Go, go forth and and link. Go, go reap. Yeah, some you know Reddit what? Karma, if you want, just post even links even one link would be helpful. Yeah, do that. Fuck. Just I mean, maybe that. someone is. I don't know. We had a bunch of visits last month, and I certainly didn't post it anywhere. Mm. I mean, you know, you can click on like where the traffic's coming from. I that Jack's not. Gonna oh do that. God, I, I should, never. I should that. do that. We need to fix the website. Jake, you're I'll... the you're the manager guy. I know. <laughs> I need to do it. My Either way, boys. Is so hey. Low. Fuck. We're going to talk about what's coming out in March of 2022. We're going to talk about a top one, a uh, bottom one, and a dark horse pick. Jake, why don't we start at the bottom and start with you? Bottom. Okay. Got it. I thought, I swear, I thought you were going to say dark horse, and I was fever. I was, like, basically starting to sweat. <laughs> you I, don't have I, your I, dark I, horse picked out? Uh, well, I didn't write it, because <laughs> I did this today, so I'm going to have to figure it out. Thank you for not starting with dark horse. I went with Beneath the Surface. This is this month's shark movie, and I'm sensing a theme here with myself. Yeah, Pretty very much interesting. If you're releasing a shark movie at this point, I'm probably... At the, well, now it's a bit, so I'm going to have to put it at the bottom. Unless it's just like a re-release of Jaws, but we wouldn't cover that. It doesn't look think. that bad, though. They, they also seem looks- to be saying that there's going to be a, a, a twist that you're unexpecting and there's a murder that had happened. Yeah. Unless that murder is that there was no shark and they just had a big animatronic, 
this can't be good, in my opinion. That has to be the specific thing that happens. This That's is definitely twist. this is definitely the first shark attack murder mystery I've seen. Yeah, I'll, I well, will give it for that, that. That episode of Psych. Oh god. <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah, I but, will give it that. It oh, does seem to have an angle, and I'm still not interested in said angle. There's collectively about a hundred thousand episodes of random crime procedurals dating back to the 1950s. At all least five, all right? possible plot lines relating to whodunits have been explored. There's at this nothing point. new under the sun, man. Especially with shark plots. <laughs> okay, maybe but this you one. That, you you don't think know. the shark plot is like ripe for adventure and and voyaging into new and untold stories? No, it's possible, buddy. What if this time Blake Fine. Lively's whatever, the whatever, 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 whatever. <laughs> we can't let. The... <laughs> okay, okay. But then well, that on, would bring on, me back. On. Maybe she's stuck on a rock, though. <laughs> oh shit! You're right. Either way, Jake, uh, I understand the pick, um, and I'm. Uh, it doesn't look great, but it didn't look that bad to me. I went a different direction. I went the scary of sixty first. Me too. Makes sense. I'm jump on that one. Yeah, as well. Mark, hop in here. Why don't you? Why don't you hit the listeners with what this one's about? This movie reeks of self-importance. Uh, it's injecting itself. So that's, I, that's so, not what it's about, Mark. No, it's what not. it's about is it's an eyes wide shut revision for the QAnon age. That, Jesus Christ! That also Q-Anon. includes Jeffrey Epstein. For I some I reason. cannot say QAnon. That's a thing about me. Little peek behind the curtain. QAnon. I tried twice. I I always say QAnon when I look at it. QAnon. Methinks no, the gentleman doth protest too much. <laughs> uh oh, we have a sleeper agent. Uh oh. Um. Yeah. So these two these two uh ladies rent an apartment in New York, and it was previously owned by Jeffrey Epstein, and they're haunted by it. It looks way artsy for art's by sake, conspiracy. and like it and really also, actually doesn't have anything to say. Yeah, like about. it. Don't it definitely know that. thinks it has a lot to say about the QAnon conspiracy movement, but I, the trailer indicates it has nothing to say about that movement other than, hey, isn't that a thing? Yeah, well, I'm sure it has something to say. I just don't know if that thing that it has to say is interesting at all. Yeah, it's not, yeah. No, I mean, granted, as a, as a disclaimer here, we are judging all of these movies based off of a 90 to 180 second trailer. Thank you for going to so, the high of 180. There is a chance that this one, you know, pulls something out of its ass and it just didn't have very good trailer editing but boy oh a lot boy, of art this though, looks man. vapid obviously mark we just have to pick a bottom one because then the rules of this game we made up and <laughs> for some reason that's what we do yeah for some reason i think this was shot on this exact same camera physically that the love witch was shot on the difference between the love witch <laughs> and this i thought though, i thought you were gonna say it was shot on a cell phone that i had in college that was also a flip they phone. both could kind of be i but, think it's, but be- Jake, it's better than that in the sense that like there's some level of it fidelity to it in a weird way, but the love witch it committed that. to yeah. that universe. Yeah, yeah totally. it, there was an end there, and it went a thousand percent into the deep end of what that is. It's a very weird movie, listener. We've covered it on the podcast some time ago. I recommend it. It's not that quote unquote good, but in a weird way, it is. Uh, this is it's, doing some of those things, but yeah. it's not deep enough to be compelling. It was off the charts stylistically. And yeah. That's what, that's what keeps it coming back. Costuming and sets in that movie were among the best I've seen. They were incredible. Absolutely. Uh, but it was such a weird thing. Totally agreed. Um, but either way, we don't have to dwell on the bottom. Why don't we pull into the dark horse picks? Jake, what is your dark horse pick? Might be good. Might be bad. Who knows? I'm going with tethered. This is the sort of, <laughs> we're, we're going to blend <laughs> sensory deprivation in with, uh, I guess, like a physical restraint element. It's bird box meets caveat. A little bit. That's not necessarily a bad thing for me yet. I haven't had enough of these movies, or I guess I haven't had a combo 
of those two types of movies yet that I've seen. Hat on so, a hat on a hat on a hat? Hat on a hat on a hat on a hat on a hat. Bartholomew Cubbinsing. Uh, look, I don't know that this movie has an extremely high ceiling, but everything that I saw in the trailer, especially the fact that it takes place in the woods, which bumps up its floor for me personally, makes me think that it can be at least intriguing and... Yeah, you com- you combine what Mark just kind of joked about, but you really do have like there's a bl- look, there's a blind kid and there what, are, yeah, this what is, is the conceit of this actually? One of the most stereotypical like there's something in the woods there's and there's a, a blind chance, kid and he's being helped by a hunter. There's and I don't a know chance if it's that this is actually an SNL skit that's got that's gotten taken <laughs> way too far. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> there's Regardless. a blind kid who listens to rules that his mom recorded for him on a cassette tape who has to feed a monster in the woods where he lives. Yeah. And in order to venture into the woods, he has to wear the exact same prop from Caveat that has a big ass rope on it. And then a Not the exact, and then a mysterious the stranger. Here. The, the prop in Caveat is way better. The mysterious stranger comes in and tries to help him, but then together they must struggle against the dark, the darkness within the wood or something. Exactly. I don't know. Exactly. Um, yeah. Look, this could be interesting, but it's going to be hard for it to fire on all cylinders because those are a lot of cylinders. That absolutely true. <laughs> I like that's like check. firing on we'll multiple see. engines. We'll see. This was uh, <laughs> this was kind of a hard month for me to dark horse, and that is because the category we haven't gotten to so far, I, I feel, has quite a few things worth mentioning. It this, was a good looking month. This month kind of rocks. Month yeah, is, absolutely. Month is strong. Yeah. Um, I went with the Long Walk, which is the Laotian movie. Uh, yeah. Out about the, that see, good too. that's not dark horse to me. It's hard to tell exactly what's going on from what I could garner from the trailer and then also from reading the synopsis of the trailer because I couldn't all put it together myself. This this guy walks down a road. The road sends him back in time to the place and time that his mother died like 40 years ago, 50 years ago, 50, something like that. Yeah. And it's time travel-y. It's ghosty. It's very strange. It's, uh, it's I don't Twilight know. Twilight Zone, man. Yeah, it looks really cool, but at the same time, these time travel movies can go awry in a second. So I mean, we we also we see a lot of movies come across our plate here, and we drink beer. So far be it for me to say I remember all of them, but I don't remember having seen one that's coming out of Laos. Do you? Yeah, super cool to see a lady. I think that's movie. awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This was closer to just mention honorable mention near the top for me. I I can see okay. where you're coming from. It might not be like your cup of tea if you're not into watching movies that have subtitles or something like that but it looks really well made and I, I there were multiple shots in the show that were gorgeous there are gorgeous wanna... shots frankly i'm also concerned it's going to be like derivative of 11 63 without being as good as that <laughs> sure. story uh sure. the, the book not the james uh, franco not TV the james show, franco showtime sucked thing. <laughs> <laughs> um i i want to say this was also coming through tiff I, a couple of them this month yeah. coming through TIFF, and I'm pretty sure that. Yeah. So you have like a floor of quality there. I don't think a lot of shit. Yeah, goes, it, yeah. TIFF and others, for sure. It's yeah. like they're, they're, Banff there's... also was in a couple of these. I don't know. Sundance is all just happened or is happening. Shh, really? That's this usually is the February. time of year it happens? Wow. Yeah. I haven't heard anything about Sundance this year. Okay. Humdinger. <laughs> Mark, what about I have you? nothing What's else to say on that subject. Um, I have two. <laughs> I'm, just gonna, I'm, I'm doing two. Um, the first off is Ty West made a movie called X that's coming out, uh, theatrical release. This is a, it's also a 24, which is the reason it's my dark horse. A 24 actively dissuades me from wanting to watch this movie. Ty West actively brings me back. Also there's porn. So that's cool too. Uh, and, and just for the listener, this is just the letter X. 
Just correct. Just one single letter. I feel yeah. like this is pro. I don't know. Probably among the larger names of the month. Yeah. I think that is a weird bias that we have because we've watched way too many horror movies. You think so? Ty West is a completely unknown name outside of this huh. circle. Huh. That might What's be true. This, how's this releasing? Theatrical. It's an A24 movie. Like, they're going to put their weight behind it. But Then it's bigger. It's bigger. Okay. Well, okay. maybe. Fine. Then I'll fall back on my other one that is also a theatrical release. Uh, Unwelcome is a Gaelic horror movie, Irish, whatever. Um, that Gaelic. is about some folks that I believe move from London into the Irish countryside only to find that the, from the synopsis, dark and tangled wood that is in their backyard um, is inhabited by a bunch of goblins. <laughs> Hell yeah. That sounds fucking awesome. That could go off the rails real easy. Goblins have, are not and have never been threatening to me, probably do in large part to, to well, Critters and gremlins and a number of these other very similar Part things. Part two gestures at gremlins <laughs> movies that have existed. Yeah. <laughs> um, or goblins, rather. Or, yeah, I mean, it also kind of it, it conjures up the uh, Tooth Fairy movie that Guillermo del Toro did that I'm blanking on what the name was, but they like lived in the vents and only came out at night and would stab you with scissors and shit. It's like, I don't know, the, the threat level is uh, well below midnight for, for this, but... You could take it in either. You could take it yeah. in any number of ways that are interesting, or you yeah. could take it in a way that is just like a generic horror movie that's ultimately uninteresting and only serves to be another, you know, thing that's thrown on the pile of bad goblin movies. So, I just don't, I... unwelcome. Okay. Not a good name. Not a good. All name. three of the movies you guys mentioned, I was like considering among. I the mean, top. they they look like they could be good. Yeah. Yeah, I think they look like they are good. Is I guess what I'm saying. That's fair. Well, let's go well, to good. Let's go to the top one. Jake, what did you actually pick? I went with off-season. Uh, Mickey Keating's back, guys. Mickey, Mickey Keating Keating's is back, back. and seemingly better at directing. <laughs> I don't know. I Mark and I have always... We've never seen eye-to-eye on Mickey Keating. Um, I've been much higher I'm on his stuff. I'm taller than he is, so... Uh, yeah, sense. than Mark has in the past. So I, it's good that... I mean, I guess it's it's rubbing off on you in the right way or whatever. I'm trying to really avoid any innuendo in what I'm saying and feeling, probably. Um, it's rubbing you off in the wrong way. He's wanting to avoid innuendo in what you're feeling. I don't know. <laughs> Jake's talking nonsense. You're looking at your computer. I'm trying. It's because I'm trying to do two things at once. Talk I'm from your heart, through Jake. a Ten-page fucking document. Just talk from your heart. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. No, I is- must read the things I have pre-written. Look, Jocelyn Donahue's in this. Joe Swanberg's in this. The one thing I am interested in is... Did not realize Swanberg was in this. So those are the two main characters. He's worked with them both before, but Mark writes his stuff before us because he is typically the saint that puts this thing together. Um, So give him a a pat on the back for that. But the thing that I did read about, you know, what your main gripe with Keating is, is the way he directs his dialogue. And I think that it's interesting now going into a film like this where you have Swanberg who is that he's like the, one of the founding members of Mumblecore right? right so I'm interested in how that's gonna this did not strike me as a film that is in that genre at no. all uh but it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out so what this is is a so Jocelyn Donahue and Joe Swanberg they travel together onto an island it's the off season there's your title uh because she had received a letter and things start to unravel horror ensues this seems quite Twilight Zony, which I am predisposed to like. Kind of Cthulhu-ish? Yeah. We're going to see where that ends up. But 
like I said, I've liked every Keating film, and I do feel like each one has been more and more polished. Uh, it's been a few years. I think it was 2016, 17. I hadn't even moved back to Boise when the last one came out, which was what, Psychopaths? <laughs> oh, yeah. I had looked at Carnage. Carnage Park came out in 16. Yeah, and then Psychopaths. And then Psychopaths was shortly thereafter. That might have been like February of 17. Yeah, I mean, like he that. churned out four movies in like two years. Yeah, there. it was nuts. <laughs> uh, and they were like, we're not talking about like this is a you know project that he did in his backyard. Like they were legitimate films. Um, so it's been it's been interesting. Like after that, he he did the core, which was a partnership with Shutter. I don't know that it's still on there, but it was a really good uh, just series kind of. Uh, exploring everything that is the yeah, horror like genre, unpacking the elements, and they were—it was structured super well. They were entertaining as hell. I and then I don't know what he did. There was such a weird pause that I've been curious, uh, and I was not aware that that he was coming out with another film. So I mean, I knew he was working on something. Yeah, but what's I didn't funny know is, is we had name checked off season like four episodes ago. Because we were having the same conversation, we were like, "What the hell is Mickey Keating up to?" Anyway, yeah, we talked oh, about it. It was just like recently. a quick. Yeah. it was just like a quick check. It was like I see that he has a movie called Off Season coming Got out it. in 2022. And yeah, and see, there's so yet. many that I just don't remember. But yeah. so now it's now it's now it's now when we're talking about. Yeah. It. So it, wow. Well, here fast. it is, and now it's my top one. Instant gratification. It yep. looks good. It was my runner-up for top one, definitely. It very much does look good. Um, I picked a movie called Fresh. Uh, yeah, this is a movie about a woman. It's like the the foibles of of dating in in the current world in which we live. A young woman, um, and it looks very funny. Uh, it looks pretty poignant, and they used "Heads Will Roll" by the Yeah Yeah Yeahs in the trailer, and that always uh, that fucking love that song. So uh, it looks very good and just well put together and funny. It's Hulu cannibal, right? Cannibal movie. The guy's cannibal, right? Yeah. Eventually, she starts. Yeah. So she the, after a string of bad dates, she meets a guy she likes. Turns out he's a cannibal, though. Yeah. I this more than anything made me want to double feature this with Raw. Secondly, okay, coming up second <laughs> in the order, just to see like how the evening turns for whoever the unsuspecting, yeah, friend how wild a swing is. your emotions telling them can nothing, go in. yeah, telling them nothing, and then making them go from fresh, which does look like a romp. I mean, it, now, it seems quite funny. Why into you, Raw? Why would you do it in that order? Uh, because, because I think it'd be funny. Because that'd be funny for to subject the person to, right? Yeah, it'd be fun funny for romp, me. And then into Raw, which is not fun. But is good. It's kind of a romp, though. It is kind of a romp in a very weird way. <laughs> Why wouldn't you want to have them pull? So you want to have them end the day in a nosedive instead of middle of the day nader and then hey, pulling back up into a fun evening. I just had to watch Requiem for you a want, Dream. You want so them may- to let maybe? the guard down, Mark? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then have it. Plus, you, I guess you risk them leaving at halftime. Yeah, that's see, true. they might not want what I have coming up next. Yeah, after the first, you got to sell them both the exact same. Ra- way look, too. Raw is awesome. It's just not for everybody. Totally. True. Yeah, I, and I think it'd be funny as a double feature of recent cannibal movies. <laughs> I haven't even seen this one yet, and I'm sure of it. Either way, sure. fresh looks fun, uh, good, well acted, well put together, um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, fun, yeah, yeah. good. And I said this, but uh, there was crosstalk happening, so I'm just going to say it again. Hulu exclusive. Hulu uh, yeah, exclusive, that's indeed. Cool. Around the middle of the month? I don't know. I didn't. I yeah. don't have so, it for me. I'm on board for this. Mark, what about you? Yeah, I went with... Um, <laughs> I did a dumb thing. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> we all do dumb things, Mark. What was your dumb thing? We all do dumb things. Um, I said that my top one was my Dark Horse. Uh, it was X? Oh, okay. It's not X. It's Unwelcome. I had X as my. Got it. I, I thought I, I thought it went a different direction with my top one because, like you said, there are a number that it could be this month. Yeah. Whatever. Fine. My top one is unwelcome. Okay. It's the Goblin movie that okay. is probably more of a dark horse than X is. Hundred percent is. Ah, fuck me. Right. Whatever. Who cares? 
<laughs> yeah, the floor is lower for unwelcome than X, but X is like, I don't know, a love letter to exploitation and to what Texas Chainsaw Massacre was from a construction standpoint. It also it also very much X does, not unwelcome. Remind me of the episode of Malcolm in the Middle where the where they're shooting a porn in the uh uh, dude ranch that Francis is working at. Oh yeah, uh, he's trying desperately <laughs> to keep uh, the old German couple that run the place from knowing that it's a porno. So he gets <laughs> he gets the uh, like matriarch lady the the acting job, and she just has to walk in and hand people towels. It's uh, that's hilarious. Sounds exactly Malcolm in the like, middle. It sounds exactly like that. Mark with yeah, the except, deep except Malcolm except in the middle murder. The season seven <laughs> Malcolm in the middle. Takes. Yeah, I I had no idea what he's talking about. So you just have that's to, yeah. You have post to yes logging and. camp, Francis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what was your dark horse then? My dark horse, my dark horse was X. My top one was Unwelcome. Oh. I probably flip flopped those, but who cares? They're both they both look great. But you mentioned the two. I get it. Okay. At length. And one of the now. several Irish movies is Unwelcome this month, and I'm always on board to listen to Irish accents for a long time. Oh yeah, they're fantastic. I can't remember if this one or the other one is the movie that has the guy who played Charlie Kelly's dad on the new season of Sunny. Unwelcome. It. That's unwelcome. It's unwelcome. Okay. That movie yes. has so many people that I've seen in so many things. The trailer for that movie. Yes. Alone. Yeah. Either way, I like the pick, Mark. Um, uh, is there anything else we want to call out before we go? I wanted to. I wanted. So I'm kind of surprised that um, neither of you guys had all my friends hate me as a dark horse. Because it does, it does look of kind list. of interesting, right? It uh, looks pretty good. Uh, <laughs> this is like what a group of college friends get back together after a long time, and and one of them is convinced that the rest of them are either trying to kill them or hate them or something. Yeah. But it's a movie about paranoia yeah. and imposter syndrome. Yep. <laughs> and Mark thought it'd be one of us because he thinks so lowly of our. I mean, look, there were some drunk Jake at your bachelor party. There were some drunken spirals to that effect just this last summer. <laughs> yeah, it's, hey. it happens less about the killing, often. but very. Oh my much god! The, oh my god! Are you say- why don't you like Wait, me anymore? Do you guys not like me anymore? <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, yeah. like that's like only like fifty percent true. It's fine. Uh, that one looks pretty good. The change also looked pretty good, um, which is the Tony Todd one. This is like the whole world. I don't know if it's a virus or aliens or what, but replace people with a the replica of themselves, but that's evil and is trying to get you to join the changed. Looks kind of creepy. Per um, the synopsis, I think it's like one neighborhood, but then they are also a news. It was on the news. I, yeah, <laughs> I have already forgotten that one. I watched these trailers today. Um, and the other one I wanted to bring up. Is I think I know what it is. A hard one for me to talk about. I think I know. It truly I know what it is. is. I know what it is. Um, because I, I fucking hate possession movies. The Exorcism of God. But the Exorcism of God actually looks pretty good. <laughs> I know. It's so weird. <laughs> it's also the dumbest fucking name I've ever. I hate heard. it. Yeah, yeah, I'm probably not gonna watch it. No, I probably won't either. But if it if it ends up on like Netflix or something eventually, and I'm two gonna months, need to see. I'll put it on there. It I'm, looks good. It I'm, actually looks. Yeah, good. I'm gonna need to see some takes that are like this is worth watching. From yeah. respectable I sources. I can't get past the name. I need to talk to a theologian or something who can explain to me how if because it feels like a literally impossible, right? It's an oxymoronic title. I yeah. believe. What kind of demon can possess God? And also, God. isn't like the whole point of a pos- of an exorcism to return like, someone to get, the kingdom of God? Well, and like get God to come down and kick the demon out. Yes. What if you were? Is exor- there like a what super if, God that's like God's dad? What if you were exorcising <laughs> God? That's what we're saying. You can't. You can't Wait, exercise. You're, you're God. exercising God out of someone. Potentially. I mean, that would do a lot of good for the world. 
Okay. <laughs> Do, well, okay. Are you saying that you think God is trapped in a comatose New Jerseyite who was knocked unconscious while playing skee ball, and that's the problem? And you need is God we, has to get back up to heaven. We got to exercise him well, out of this guy. Yeah. That's probably what the problem yeah, is. Yeah, God has God bigger, is trapped God in the has bigger things to do, man, than skee ball. God likes skee ball. I, no one doesn't like skee ball. Could but God I'm make a skee ball course so long that even he couldn't get 100 points in it? Probably it's God. But he can do anything. Jake? Well, uh, you, you, look, Jack, you keep going down this line and you're never going to come up with any answers, okay? <laughs> yeah. He can and he can't. Uh, the only other one I kind of wanted to mention, I wanted to talk about it a little bit during uh, um, uh, Middles, Dark Horses, is The Seed. Because here's a very B-movie, but everyone involved in it appears to be taking it very seriously. This is like a group of uh, women, friends at a what a beach house or something, and then an alien crash lands, and they take care of it. Or like in the it. desert. Yeah. yeah. It, it actually looks awesome because of that dynamic, where it's objectively just a B movie. This is how and good B, like how... It's as B as it gets. Yeah. And they're taking it dead serious. I mean, it looks like a great recreation of some of that stuff that I have been known to like, so I'm and happy that, you mentioned I like that. the animatronic alien baby, too. Looks very... Oh, God. Very awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it looks awesome. Can yeah, I no. do a quick can I do a quick reading of one of the synopses? Because I do Mark. Uh, absolutely. The one that's definitely written it. by like just a person, a random person. It's yeah, so this is the official synopsis that was on IMDb when I pulled this, and to the movie's credit, it's I believe Argentinian. Uh so sure. this is okay, not so it's... written in English originally, and I'm not trying to poke fun at translations here, but it is a really funny I synopsis. think we're saying we like it, first and foremost. Uh yeah, I mean overall it does come to shutter. The movie is on on the third day. It comes out on the twenty ninth of March. Um <clears throat> let me just get into this here real quick. On the third day after the crash on the third day after the crash, she wanders by herself on a lonely route and there is no clue of her son. She can't remember what happened during this time and she is desperately looking for her son. On her quest, she finds coincidences with uh, with her case and other police files, which seems to be the act of brutal hunting. The circles go round, and Cecilia will end up facing a religious man who is the responsible of this slaughter. For her, he is a lunatic. For him, Cecilia is the enemy. Yeah, I mean, it does just seem like it was either put through a translator or it's just someone written who, by a person it, who's yeah in who first doesn't speak English, English very well. Yeah, yeah, which is. Fine, but if you don't still find treat, it, if you don't charming. treat it like that, it's it's real good. <laughs> uh, For her, he is a lunatic. I like that. <laughs> That's the best part. Yeah. That's how people describe this podcast to their significant others. <laughs> For me, they're lunatics. I think that's how the significant others describe their significant others who listen to our podcast. Hey, it can be all of them, oh, for all I care. Why not both? Yeah. Por que no los dos? Let's go okay. to the feature presentation. Over at com this week, we watched 2000's Requiem for a Dream. Now, this was picked by Patreon member TJ. TJ, thanks again for the pick. Why did you do this to us? Also, and we watch horror movies also, on, this, on this deal. Here yeah, not, arguably to. not a horror movie. Also that. I, I don't um, know. That's a ser- this is... The, um, <clears throat> do you want to do this now? No, you we'll, do, do, we'll do this. We'll do this during the 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 the, the sub, you bring it up like you want to do it now. No, uh, okay. I want to talk about what our histories with the film are. I saw this once in on a date in two thousand rented movie cool in date. college. Cool date. Yeah, so, it was not great. <laughs> had the had the date end? Was it? Did it go well? 
Uh, I don't want to get into that. Okay. <laughs> Huh. <laughs> it's a very strange ending. I'll tell you guys off here. Anyway, what about you guys? I've only seen this the once before. Never had even one desire yeah. to revisit it. Uh, I, I've seen it once as well. Uh, you say it was in college, Jack? Yes, sir. Uh, mine was also in college. Uh, I, I saw it with, with you. You should remember. <laughs> That's why it's a weird story. Uh, no. I, I don't know what possessed us to make this decision. We were in college. Uh, our friend, Nate, who was my roommate, one of my roommates at the time, and I, on a Saturday decided to watch it because we had some time to kill before a party. Uh, Jack, you'll probably remember this from the other end, but it was a college weekend, so we had a party to go to that night. Yep. And whatever, we were just like, we're going to drink some beers and watch a movie because we have some time to kill. It's Saturday. Uh, so we, th- we threw on Rec Room for a Dream. I don't fucking know That's why. That's a pre- classic pre-party hype-up movie. Classic. And what happened? <laughs> we each drank one beer, and then we didn't go to the party. We both went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> That was what happened that I night. I do remember a party that you and Nate were both already in bed for. Uh, yeah, we didn't come. I didn't come. He did. I don't think he came. I definitely didn't come. My memory is that we both went to bed. <laughs> That's my history with this fucking movie. <laughs> Mark, how about you? I kind of I kind of want to have the last 10 seconds just isolated as a sound drop because of the innuendo. Um, <laughs> this is the first time that I have seen this movie. Um I don't know how it slipped through my radar for so long. I mean, like, I was kind of aware of it. I was certainly aware of it because yeah. it was a huge movie when it came out, but never had the desire to see it. Um, heard good things about it. And the- uh, for whatever reason, I, I lump it next to Train Spotting, which I have seen. Uh, and that also is a, one of those profoundly depressing movies, and arguably more of a horror movie than this one. And they're both—I mean, they're you both guys keep very, doing like you want to talk. They're both like a meditation on drug abuse. Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, don't do drugs, kids. Don't do drugs. Drugs are bad. Don't do inhalants. Exactly. Yeah. Don't, don't do, do inhalants. inhalants. Don't do meth. <laughs> don't do heroin. Don't do heroin. Um. Uh, don't do anything. Do. The the song I had heard the song. Yeah, the, the Clint Mansell theme. song. Yeah, the eponymous song. Oh, yeah. It's, I, eponymous isn't right. Um, I, this is one of the few movies where that is by far, I, I think by far, maybe I'm wrong, more pervasive. Just it's like out there in the zeitgeist. I knew that song so itself. well way before yeah. I saw this movie. Maybe yeah, it's because exactly. we watched a bunch of like fucking parkour videos in the aughts, though. You, yeah, you can know nothing about uh, Requiem for a Dream, and you've heard Lux Eterna 200,000 times in your life. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And yeah, as as you said, a lot more than that if you were really into parkour movies in, in the, the 2000s. 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> but on its own right, that shit's in commercials 100%. and other random trailers and stuff. Yeah. Yep. So, Absolutely. Well, Clint boys, Manziel fucking rules. We'll get we'll come back to this and what the movie does right. <laughs> we'll, we'll come back to a few things. Um, boys, I did not reach out to TJ because I forgot to about doing a 30 second plot synopsis. That means you should do it. Does it really? Is that what that I means? Want, I don't want to do it. Mark, what you can do, do you a think? fifth. Here's what we can do. Um, you do a 15 second plot synopsis of what happens to the main trio of kids, and I'll do a 15 second plot synopsis of what happens to Sarah. And I'll time okay. it, and I and I'll bed myself the whole time on, at the bottom, going, "Don't do it, Aliens. The whole time. <laughs> what do you You're mean? You'll bed, bed that? I, no, gonna I'm gonna. This I'm gonna. Pro- no, I'm gonna provide the bed alive. <laughs> I'm just going to be doing Don't Do Inhalants. So you're going to have the Zelda thing playing and you singing Don't Do Inhalants and telling us when to change from the kids to Sarah. Yeah. I I won't do the Don't Do Inhalants. Okay. I'm fine with that. So our 30 seconds on the goddamn clock and is it going to start when I start? I don't know. Now I'm sad because I can't do Don't Do Inhalants. Yeah, 30 seconds. You can do Don't Do Inhalants if you want, Jake. I'm not going to do it. (laughs) I wasn't going (laughs) to. Stop telling me to burn the duster. (laughs) 
<laughs> 30 seconds are on the clock. I swear this time that they are. I can see it. Harry, Marion, and Ty are three friends. They're drug addicts. Harry and Marion are together. Uh, they're scheming to buy a lot of drugs to get out of their depressing lives. They become further and further deep into their addictions, and it ruins all their lives. Uh, uh, Harry has to get That's his arm amputated. Seconds. That's Sarah seconds. is Harry's mom, and she's going to go on television. So she starts taking some diet pills that are meth uh, and goes on a drug-crazed stupor that gets her kicked out of the actual production thing that she was going to be part of, and then she gets electroconvulsive therapy the end. And that's the end of the movie time. Marion uh, ends up prostituting herself and Ty ends up in jail. Yeah, so there you go. You, you came back in with the, the resolution of the other three characters. The thing that you did, Jack, was you went like, I have 15 seconds, which is a weird amount of time that we've it never done. It felt like I had I'm gonna so be, much time. I'm going to be brief like we <laughs> typically do with these, and then you realized how much time you had, so you tried <laughs> to get too specific, and then you hit your limit. Jake, you described my journey perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could see it written all over your face, buddy. I volunteered to take Sarah's story because it's much easier to do in 15 seconds. Also, oh, Sa yeah. Sarah. Yeah, I mean, you really missed the refrigerator piece, but you know. Oh, she has a fucking haunted refrigerator, I guess. Sarah yeah. is Harry's mother. I don't know if we I, actually talked about that at all. I yeah, did say that. That was okay. the first it's, thing I said. I don't remember. Whatever. Um, Sarah Goldfab. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's depressing. <laughs> what hey, the fuck hold on. Can you provide some structure, please? Oh. What in the fuck subgenres of horror does this fit into? This is where we can have that conversation. Yeah, this is where, is it horror? Yeah, I think. Only, only in the sense that it's like true world tragedy. No, horror. no, no, no. It, it is, it has a lot of trappings of a horror movie in its editing and its direction and its composition and its visual storytelling. The And more in so, Sarah's arc than in the um, absolutely. I like what Mark used, tragedy. We And that's the thing that's kind of been sticking with me, too. We don't see... It's not that they don't exist, but we don't see many movies in horror that are truly tragic compared yes. to some other genre. Like, this I, is a, I would this say is a we don't film. see... I would say we don't see tragedies made that frequently writ large anymore yeah and that's that's fair there's, too. there's a handful of dramas that come out and they almost always get fucking nominated for a film yeah of the year. this yeah, is this is definitely don't see it in horror also as, as unrelated but have you guys seen the tragedy of Macbeth? because uh, it's real Not fucking yet. good it's yeah, real I know. fucking good I, I i still need to um anyway we can, that we, said yeah this it, look this is not a horror movie but we are the a to z horror cast and if we are true to our we're gonna like look but, but at also, an expansive list of things that can test the limits of the genre yeah this is one of those things yes we have a history of looking at movies that are similar to this i think the most similar that we've done on the podcast is enter, enter the, the void. void yeah uh if you want to have a conversation about which one of those is more horror i would have to go to which one made me feel worse Right, like they're very similar movies in what they're trying to accomplish. Sure, one is a little bit more meditative than the other, and that's why this makes me feel worse, and that's why I'd give the nod to this one. Yeah, totally. Uh, but but also, I mean, I think the the directorial. We, this is a Darren Aronofsky movie. It's his first like big big but like his first actual budget movie. His okay. first movie uh, called Pi was like he is an actual that. horror movie. Also, yes, it is. <laughs> but he funded it for I don't know like a. 80 grand or something like bar by borrowing money personally i think uh this one actually had a budget is a you know backed horror is a backed movie uh so this is his you know big directorial debut uh and his chops as a horror director come through in this a lot i think even though i agree it's not like overall a big horror movie but like i, I said mean, he the, can do it the the yeah the <laughs> wild rapid cuts the way the cuts are 
really disorienting to you as the viewer. The like switch from fisheye lenses to regular lenses to like zoomed out lenses. Like he's using a lot of horror movie tropes and shots in here to make you feel weird and scared, even if it's not a horror movie, quote unquote, per se. Are we in the, what the movie does right now? I'm very confused. No, no, no. If we have to, okay, other subgenres than psychological. Yeah, it's psychological adult fears. Would if we're gonna be shoehorning yes. this thing in. So let's talk then. Let's talk about what this movie does right. <laughs> well, you just said it right. Ar- Aronofsky does a lot of things. I've seen a number of his movies, but as I said earlier, I had not seen this, and this led me to change my opinion on him from that he is an incompetent blowhard to just that he is a blowhard. Okay, thank God oh. you stayed with the blowhard. <laughs> Hold on. You saw Black Swan and thought he was incompetent? Oh, that's true. That's a good point. Okay, Black Swan was fine. Black Swan was uh, very good. It's a good movie. But yes. they okay. look, the movies he makes do insist upon themselves. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, he, was, like, I, I was I was whatever the fuck he mother. wants, man. Like he is obviously talented. The blowhard thing sticks and that's a weird way to like give a backhanded compliment kicking off what the movie does right. The dude No, no, but I understand what you saying. The dude can direct. Like This is the the density of directorial choices in this is like the density of jokes in like a Parks and Rec episode. It's even even more than that constantly. Density of jokes in a 30 Rock episode which are like double that of Parks and Rec. Okay, like fine. Well, this is that's a, this is a weird measuring stick that we're getting it's into. Very weird. I'm not capable. It's your yeah, measuring I, stick. I, <laughs> I know, I panicked in the moment. <laughs> But, Mark, I definitely understand what you're saying. Like, it's really easy to lump him into this very, very pretentious artistic auteur director. He and, is. like, remember, <laughs> and this, like, helps you remember, like, that that came from, you know, relatively, he came from humble directorial origins and, like, sure. comes by it honestly. Like, this is. Yeah. You, you had already highlighted, I mean, there are dozens of directorial choices Almost every scene from the lenses that he uses that you already highlighted will switch from just a regular lens to a to a fisheye and then yeah. regular lens again, but it's at a Dutch angle and like these weird panning <laughs> shots. He had this rig that he wanted to attach to that he tried to attach to every actor that was like shooting them almost in like a breaking bad style like setup where it's just locked to them and you can only see them when they move type of thing. It's kind of like it's interesting that this is very emblematic of that era and the way he described there are also a lot of montages which play into what you're talking about. There's a lot but, of Shaun of the Dead in this. The but look at the timelines of the two, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, like, so the interesting thing with this is, and this is what has been described, I'm not attributing this to what he does, but they call them hip-hop montages, or he's said that that's what he was going for well, at the that, time. Yeah, yeah that's that's a, an old, not no longer really used, but, like, film school terminology. Sure. And you can, you can tell that that was the commitment to the style, especially as everything escalated throughout the film because it got more and more frenetic as it went. Mm-hmm. But... Back to Jesus my original Christ, point. The, the denouement on this thing is is, is the almost most climactic climax that I can. It think climax of is hard. Yeah, uh, and, and for four different characters, like at the same time, it's yeah, and very effectively. Well, and when you say at the same time, you mean at the same time. Yes, yeah. I do. Um, yeah. Where was where was I? Uh, okay. Anyway, back to like when this came out in two thousand. Those shots, like back at someone's head. I, I that was fairly new at that point. I think I don't. I don't think that that. Looking back at it now, it's hard to disconnect from the fact that GoPros existed for a long time. I guess is what I'm trying to say. And yeah, I think GoPros, that this was pretty GoPros novel. Were later, then. GoPros were probably no. They were definitely later. Oh five, oh six, oh seven type stuff. And that adds to it, right? Yeah. Like this was. I'm used to it now, and it's really impossible to disconnect from the fact that this was not something you would see. Like someone 
puking onto the camera because that's the way it's shot is like insane. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Mark, you're, I like the density of direction here because if you think about like all the easy to think about things for direction, like what camera to use, what shot to use, what lens to use, all this stuff, like this do makes you want it time lapsed? More do you of want those part of the shot time yeah. lapsed. We'll do side by side on this <laughs> shot, then we'll split it up into quads, the then we'll do r- like mirror mirror shots, and then like this has more of that that direction than I think any movie I've ever seen, but yeah. like in a really effective way. It, it would be very easy, I think, for that to I don't want to say go overboard because I think this does go overboard, but in a very effective 100%. way. The we've so we've talked now at length about the visual choices. There's also a lot of sound happening in this movie. Sound mm-hmm. editing specifically, well, mm-hmm. mixing is really probably what we sound editing and mixing both sure. come in here. Um, where there's also many choices in that regard, mostly on Sarah's side, but definitely with the with the kids as well. The sped up, slowed down vocals of the doctor and all the people that Sarah's talking to as she's like spiraling. The the silverware clanging in the scene where Marion is asking for money from Arnold, where yeah. he's like he's cutting a steak and then it's like it's it's I it's fucking the same, hate that scene. He's I know chewing it's the so same fast. Sound editing it. trick that we loved. Um, what was the, what was the Jesse Plemons movie um, that came out on Netflix like a year and a half ago that I think I was the only one that watched that was any... I still need to go back to it. it had a long name yeah it did uh, where it was the dog that just shook its collar for okay. like the entire time yeah. and we all loved yeah. it uh, it's basically like that thing where yeah. it's just like one repetitive sound that plays throughout the entire scene and it gets gets slightly louder and louder and louder this scene reminded me that I don't <clears throat> like chewing well and speaking of chewing the teeth clattering when of his mom. Harry and Sarah yeah. are having lunch together and, and he he's notices like, this Jesus she's... my you on uppas yeah. he has a very weird accent but whatever I mean he's trying uh, to it, yeah he's trying to do like a New York Long Island accent it's Long Island yeah it's not it, great I, it's fine he doesn't it's do fine. a good job doesn't but he the doesn't teeth, do a good job the teeth chattering thing oh yeah. my god yeah oh there's the, the Mark I could, all that stuff too but also the the almost Pavlovian response you get to the sound montage of them sparking the drugs up because mm-hmm. he uses like the same sequence of sound effects, splits oh, them yeah. up a little bit, varies them, but like you know that that becomes so evocative of what's about to happen next, and it's used to such effect. And there's such like the first time I heard it, it's like that's kind of a goofy sound, but right. it, it's so effective. And you get used to it, and then it sort of like deteriorates into itself over the oh, course of God. the film too. So the sound, and, and that's the yeah. part that I was specifically referencing with Shaun of the Dead, because yeah. I think I I would have to go back and read about it, but I'm wondering if that was. I shot if an Edgar Wright joke specifically about the it might be Requiem for a Dream. Series. I would have to look, but yeah, when you watch this now, it's been so long. When you watch this now, you're like, you see all of that crossover now. Yeah, like totally so easy to tell. Yeah. And all of this is to say nothing of Clint Mansell and Kronos Quartet that scored <laughs> the movie yeah. and did a fucking fantastic job. They did. Where, as we've already said, you can have absolutely no concept of this movie, and you've heard Lux Eterna, and probably general dun, dun, other Clint Mansell. It's so fucking good. It's great. Uh, it's almost like, again, this is a hard one to separate like f- from the first time I would have seen this movie, or even going back further to like, when the movie came out. I wonder how that would have landed, because it's such a part of culture at this point, that in a way... It's hard for it not to feel a little bit weird. I don't know if you got that. I definitely did. It it does feel weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And especially because it, it, it has a huge lore in all like in it lives in my head too. It has a big lore. I thought this movie was big lore. was I I remember it being like 
overindulgent and like two and a half hours long. I was dreading so, watching yeah. it. I had this written down to talk about at another yeah. time. I wasn't really sure where to put it, but yeah, you guys led me to believe this was a two and a half hour. That's long what movie. I and remembered it, is, it being two and a half. It hours is a hundred and two minutes. I'll stand by it in terms of how it feels. So, but it feels that way because of how effect affecting it is. Affecting it is. It's yeah. it's only an hour forty, but it does take three years off your life every time you watch it. <laughs> At least. <laughs> so in At that least. sense, you're getting a lot older. Time is passing while you watch it because you're losing life minutes. Exactly. It's like <laughs> it's like watching Neon Demon. <laughs> For the record. I would 100% rather watch this movie again than Neon Demon. I Yes, I've only ever ma- I've, I, I've made it. And probably also Ghost Story. I am never going to see this movie again. Well, I don't know about under any Under any circumstances. I, I could conceive of watching it again. It's so good. Oh, fuck that shit. It's a great movie. But, well, I mean, I sure. save that for ratings. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Fine. I had no desire to ever watch it again. I, I'll tell you this much. Having watched it a second time, it's much more likely I'll watch it a third time than it would have been for me to watch it a second After time the first. if TJ hadn't picked it. I remember this being two and a half hours long. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I, it is an interesting thing to go back to and, and ingest for a second time. I will give it that. What's um, weird is I am now hated it. way more likely to go back and watch Train Spotting again, a movie I never thought I would watch again yeah. in my life. So, Man. I don't know. Maybe this opened a door. Look, while we're still... <laughs> Thanks, TJ. <laughs> <laughs> we can't move on from what it does right, and I don't think we're that close to moving on from what it does right, no. but without talking about the performances. From That's the, what I was going to go to next. The primary yeah. four characters here, peep actors, are unreal good in this. Yeah, let's run through it. Ellen Burstyn is Gareth Sarah Goldfarb. Gareth Soldfarb. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Jared Leto played her son, Harry. We had Jennifer Connelly as Marion, and then Marlon Wayans played Tyrone. Were your main four? So I should have, but didn't look up uh, how any nominees or whatever for this movie did Ellen Burstyn did Ellen Burstyn she got a nomination for best actress yeah as she should have she didn't win uh, she did not win no who'd she lose to I don't know I'll I'll check it out Mark Ellen Burstyn's performance of this is transcendent it's fucking insane I mean (laughs) look Jennifer Connelly Jared Leto and Marlon Wayans do a good job and Uh, Jared Leto in particular like I I personally presently hate Jared Leto and find him insufferable but like going back even what, even like with movies that he people said he did well in, like Dallas Buyers Club, I couldn't stand him. But this, I see why he got all the acting, like important big acting roles. It comes through sure. in this. I think. He do does you great. think? Do you think he got the role in this movie um, because of his dailies from um, Urban Legend? <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> I thought you were about. I thought you were going to say something serious. <laughs> Well, I forgot the name of Urban Legend for a, for a hot second. Yeah, well, it helped with the joke. Um, <laughs> I mean, I did that timing intentionally to build suspense. Sure you did. I'm a master director. Yeah. Hey, Jack, uh, at the start of that joke, could you have? Could you just insert me tapping a, a thing on the podium and then Kronos Quartet um, tuning up behind it, please? <laughs> uh, let's see. Ellen Burstyn <laughs> lost to Julia Roberts uh, for Aaron Brockovich. Oh, I'm okay with that. I mean, that's a much more populist answer. Like, I don't, I can't judge. Yeah, it's also a very good performance. <laughs> I can't judge yeah, it. I, but fucking, I have to pick like which performance was more fun. Yeah, th- honestly, yeah, Ty goes to the one that's more fun, right? Totally. I don't know. Well, no, actually, in though in that situation, Ty goes, one's less fun? Ty goes to the one that is the most about Hollywood. Um, well, but, dude, and, that's not even neither of them. That's did. not even Ty. That's like the ha- you handicap that by like, was it a lot? worse but not like a lot lot worse okay then it goes to the hollywood <laughs> yeah 
Ty yeah. goes. Ty goes Fuck to the academy for the record. Yeah, it's true. Regardless, Ellen Burstyn does a tremendous job. You, it's more compli- complex than this, obviously, but you can, as we did in the synopsis, split this movie up into like two halves of things that are happening, and hers is, as I remember it, and as proved out by second viewing, more impactful. Very to much me. so. Also, she's she has she's. The most sympathetic character here, right? Totally. Like, she has... Well, she is the only one where you have the... If you want to call it the whole arc, the whole arc. Like, you see her going from an initial state where she is not dependent on drugs all the way to the bottom. Right. Whereas the others because are Because of her loneliness addicts. and insecurity and, like, all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, she starts as a, a sad widow that has nothing to do. Yeah. Like, it sucks. And yeah. then she falls prey to this. It's it's horrible. Yes. It is absolutely horrible and gut-wrenching, and I hate it. And, like, it. emotionally, yeah. Jennifer Connelly seems, character seems the most identifiable because, like, she's not depicted as a wanton drug abuser at the start sure. of the movie. Like, her, she must be. She is. She yes. is still That's addicted her, yeah. to drugs. But, but, like, they're... It's not that they're not sympathetic. Like, everyone has. I think that's another hallmark of, like, you need to have the film. You need to have in this oh, film. Oh, these are very film. human like, people. Like, none of these people yeah, are totally. necessarily evil. They just yeah, all are. Like, they all have their plot lines people. that make sense in their character arcs. And they're. Uh, well, we're on Ellen the actor, I mean, just more complete. And, and, I mean, she's a very good actor, right? Like, she is. She's done the all the, the big acting awards. She's won all three of them. She was the mom in The like, Exorcist. Like, she's. Okay, I was, I was going to say, are we talking about Jennifer Connolly or Ellen Burstyn? No, Ellen Burstyn. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because both of them They're are bold. Very... <laughs> yeah, all Every, of them are good Everyone actors. is a good actor, yes. And, I mean, everyone is like a critical darling of an actor, with the exception of Marlon Wayans, who I don't think has ever been nominated for an Academy Award. He did a good he, job, though. He, he did a great has, job. I mean, yeah, he's he's great in this movie. It is funny to think that, like, two years later, he was in White Chicks. Like, <laughs> Jesus, what? <laughs> but Unbelievable. Whatever. I mean, hey, he's a, he's he's near and dear to our hearts. I mean, he's this came out the same year. All of the movie. fucking scary movie movies. And this came out the same year as Scary Movie. What a what a year for <laughs> that, He's he dude. He's testing all. Areas. Dude's got range. Dude does have range. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. What was the fucking movie that him and his brother were in? That was like the Disney movie about basketball. They played for UW. One of them died on like a fo- on like a Air failed. Dunk. No, no. Jake's talking about Above the Rim. I think. No, no, no. The Sixth Man. Oh, this is the Sixth Man. And then like, and then he fucking like. Was it Bolt? Was it was it him and his brother? Or was it just him playing twice? There's no way that's real. Hold on. <laughs> he Eddie Murphy did that movie was so weird. Are there like there's a lot? Are of Are you sure you're right? not talking about Above the Rim? Oh, uh, okay. So it's it's Marlon Way. I'm sure it's the Sixth Man. Marlon Wayans and in the movie his brother is played by Kadeem Hardison. Okay. Regardless. It's a weird one. <laughs> they play for you, Dub. I shit you not. They play for you, Dub, and one of them on it, like an alley oop, gets fouled and fucking dies. And he comes back as a ghost, and essentially they have like Whoa, six okay, that dudes. Turned into a new yeah, thing. they have like six dudes on the court, and he's like throwing them all around, and it's not, it's insane. And then they're gonna, they go and they like win the NCAA tournament. Okay, it's so fucking crazy. There's I think it's ghosts. A Disney movie. There's ghosts, and this already isn't that much of a horror movie. I'm going to make a suggestion. Whoever loses Beers for Fears this week has to watch. Maybe, maybe we should just watch a bu- Sixth Man. The Sixth Man, yeah. That's, dude, that movie's <laughs> sick. I haven't seen that. Bu- Jake, that movie cost $11 million what year, to make? What year did that come out? Because Above the Rim was... 1997. Okay, because he was in a movie... Two, he and, like he, Tupac was in Above the Rim, right? Okay, and I, I don't know. I haven't seen. Above I don't the Rim. remember any supernatural elements of Above the Rim. It's like it's, a pretty dude, gritty. But did anybody die man. because they got fouled on a layup? 
I don't yeah. remember. I wasn't a big basketball no. kid. I like yeah, Space Yeah, dur- I'm reading the plot. During a road game at UCLA, Antoine scores on a slam dunk before suffering a heart attack. Oh, while hanging on the rim. I remember being fouled hard. Never mind. <laughs> he had he, he, he suffered he suffered a heart attack while hanging from the rim after throwing one down. Uh and he dies. That's Kadeem Hardison's character. Well, Kadeem Hardison is not in this movie, and yeah, it's not. To, to but Marlon Wayans is, <laughs> but, and then Kadeem Hardison starts throwing Marlon Wayans around. He's like dunking himself through. It's so sick. The movie's great. The loser's gonna watch it. I remember liking it. <laughs> I would also so great performances throughout this movie. They, I love. Hold on, actually, hold on. I want to zoom back out for a sec. Yeah. Normally, this is the Jack and I thing where we go on in a very weird, we'll see, this specific was a sport tangent movie from the nineties. Yeah, and now this one was brought to us by Jake. So actually, yes, and I, I loved do it. Appreciate I absolutely that. loved You're it. You're welcome. Yeah, I hope you got listener. Let them lose because they need to experience this movie. Tie them, tie them <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, figure out how to get all three of us to tie. It does I sound more. Fun. Actually, I'll watch that shit again. Fuck. It does sound like more fun than Above the Rim. It's almost March Madness time. Uh, I did want to highlight though the rest of the cast is full of bit parts uh-huh. that are pretty wild. Yeah, you dude. have Keith. You yeah. have Keith David. Yeah, as a pimp kind of yeah. character, uh, I it, guess. It, yeah. You have Mark Margolis, who's uh, Hector Hector Salamanca from To from Breaking sure. Bad. Yeah, yeah, Hector Salamanca from from Breaking Bad. I, I don't think is that character that character name isn't as flushed out until Better Call Saul, but yeah. Okay, uh, you mean To mm-hmm. or okay, whatever. He's called um, To in Breaking Bad, and then I think Hector Salamanca in which, yeah. That just means uncle. But uh, there's a random Dylan Baker cameo as the Southern Doctor. That was a weird one. Is that the guy who plays Dr. Kurt Connors, the lizard, in whichever Spider-Man movie that was? Yeah. Specific. Not what I was going for, but yeah. Very specific. (laughs) Come to think of it. Um, Fucking Chris... Shooter McGavin, Chris McDonald, (laughs) has a preposterous role that we will talk about later. I love it though. Still, oh, I love it. Actually, I would say like the strongest horror element of this movie is that is him yeah. coming out of the television like fucking Samara style. Yeah. Well, it's all the stuff with with her character. Well, yes, but I mean, there's actually a moment where he teleports out yes, of the television I, and as a static person yep. dances around her apartment, tormenting. her. I think it's pretty great. It's actually that's actually a horror scene. So is her getting eaten by the fridge. Well, yeah, there's a lot of horror. Okay. Stuff. There's a lot of horror for this not being a horror movie. Jesus Christ. It's at least horrorish. We're going to give it that. And we're yeah, talking it's about horror-ish. it. It's Look, horror-ish. if we were if someone requests us to not wa- watch a straight not 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 horror movie, we're not going to do it. We did this. We had this happen. Yeah. Milo Notice. Look, at this point anymore. we're pot committed. Not watch Milo Notice for the podcast. I'd watch Milo Notice. Not for the podcast. Podcast? Maybe. Ooh. Yeah, probably. I'd rather okay. watch Homeward Bound. Me too. It's just a better movie. Yeah, no shit. Who played, what about, who played the what about Far From Home? Far From Home is better than both of them. Fuck you. Spider-Man Far From Home? I haven't seen it yet. No, just Wait, no, Far From I Home. I haven't seen the other one. I saw Far From Home. The one with the animal. I'm on the animal thing. <laughs> who played the psychiatrist, Mark? Uh, Sean Gallette. I don't recognize him from anything. He seemed kind of familiar to me, but I don't know. He just, I mean, he very successfully played a creep. <laughs> so <laughs> cool. Good for him. But, I mean, yeah, this is one of those movies that you can watch, and through and through, you'll find random faces in the background that you recognize. Oh, Aronofsky had a cameo. I don't remember it, though. Yeah, but I also don't know that I'd recognize Aronofsky. I would now. I wouldn't. Hmm. You could be in this room with us right now. You could be Darren Aronofsky. (laughs) 
and just like moonlighting That's been and the Jake. reveal of the podcast. We've been saving the it. The grand for reveal. 243 or whatever. I've been Darren Aronofsky I, this whole time. I made myself You'd think sound we'd be so stupid better. for years. Yeah. <laughs> you think we'd be collectively better analyzing film? <laughs> yeah. Um, lastly, and I mentioned this earlier, but it is worth repeating. The climate. Look, everything about this movie is directed so finely, but the the climax of this movie, the denouement, if you will, I will, is so intense and beautiful it's and wild. fucked up. Oh my god! Apparently, the ass to ass line was uh, not in the script, and the guy just made it up on the spot. It was an improv thing. But and then the crowd so started weird. chanting it based on the improv. No, they started chanting "come." I thought they were chanting "ass to ass" before "come." I don't. Maybe, maybe uh, he. Pro- well, I mean, I usually remember. the way this thing goes is there's like you know a bunch of takes, and in one of them the guy goes "ass to ass," and they cut them together, and then they're like, "I love." Aronofsky runs out on set. And he says, "That was beautiful. I love that. Do that again." And then they take like it 10 was, more takes, and then everybody man, gets it's into it. So brutal. It's just so brutal. Uh, but to to zoom back out a little bit. What an incredible piece of film that two minutes is. Oh, my God. Well, there's cross-cutting between all four characters. Sarah's getting electroconvulsive ther- therapy. Uh, Tyrone is making pancakes or stirring mashed potatoes. He's stirring mashed potatoes and getting yelled at by the author of the original Requiem for a Dream book. Uh, <laughs> Harry is having his arm cut off, which won't save him because sepsis is in your bloodstream, not in your fucking arm. And Jennifer Connelly, Marion, whatever the hell her name is, uh, is doing ass to ass <laughs> in front of Keith David and a room full of for a, uh, one percenters. A decent amount of skag. Yeah, for for like a dime bag of skag. No, it's 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 a pretty good it's chunk a, she it's, gets. It's a lot. Okay, but um, I mean, you, you know, ass to ass, you gotta. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for some but, fucking and then Wall Street all the time. This theme bags. that's been recurring, the musical theme that's been recurring, is like intensifying, but getting more broken and screechy and fucked up and like. Huh. Yeah, the the honestly the evolution of Lux Eterna over the course of this movie is all like. It's just everything's just exceptionally done about this movie. It's the musical cues evolve correctly operatically throughout the whole thing. Honestly, yeah. Can we not like? Can I'll we say not? That. The whole thing is operatic. It very much. Yeah, is. it is. I, well, yeah. There's a lo- yes. It is highly musical in that way. I just I just arrived at that live. You're that probably cool. the first person that's ever likened this to you how so? music evolves. You yes, I think me? so. I think I that doubt is it. how that works. I doubt it. Oh, First that was so- you're doing a joke. I can never yeah, tell with you. He obviously is doing I'm a joke. So, I'm sorry. I'm too dry. I'm too dry. Uh, I had a thought, and it's gone. So someone come back to me later. <laughs> well, is there anything else that this movie does right? Because at I this mean, point- I mean, fucking probably. It's amazing. Oh, what I was going to say is, like, can we not make something that's this immaculate that's not depressing? Can we? Can we? Is that not possible? All I these ones that are it's called exist. Paddington Two. It's, it's, oh, it's called shit, Forrest Gump. <laughs> it's called what? Forrest Gump. Okay, well, Fuck no, off. I don't like that movie. Yeah, Forrest Can Gump is called, not actually, a good movie. I mean, it recommend me a movie. Recommend me movie. Paddington like this, Two. Shawshank good. Redemption. Or, but no, Shawshank Redemption is not very uplifting. <laughs> that's also sad. That's it has a happy about. ending. So you have to have sort of. that. Yeah, I not would. for Red. No, wait, not for Brooks. It truly was would, a Shawshank, Shawshank Redemption. Redemption. <laughs> Under zero circumstances would I recommend Shawshank Redemption to someone looking for an uplifting film. It's not even uplift. Like I'm not looking for Kings uplifting. of Summer. You haven't seen it. I haven't. It's very good. I'm trying to think of which movie this is. You haven't seen it. No. You've never but, seen a trailer for it. It's a very small, weird movie. Hey, why don't we move like on to it. what it does middle? 
Fuck. You, off air, I need you to rec- Whatever. Okay. Off air. Moot? What, what, the movie does middle? Did yes, we already sir. move? Okay. I thought you were saying moot. And Wait, I was like, uh, no, it's not moot. Jake and, I, Jake and I were having a moment over here. I know. Um, this movie is only 102 minutes long, and we've already unpacked this a little bit, but it seems like it's three hours. It feels like one so of the longest movie movies does ever. Middle. Yeah. <laughs> it is mercifully short, yet still seems too long. Yeah, fully agree. Fully agree. Um, I had uh, in Does Middle the, the for a movie that is as precisely directed and for the most part to very good effect as this is the title cards breaking down the acts like by season Winter. sometimes but then also by location a couple of times. Wait, were there other ones? I thought it was just the season, the three seasons. There were a couple other title cards on there that weren't about the seasons. I and they remember those. It felt a little disjointed and not quite as precise as the rest of it, but also more in my face, so I noticed it. Like, so. Huh. Okay. And that's, I mean, interestingly, that's become much more of a trend in recent years. For sure. I think at the time, this was not as popular, oh, so that's kind of yeah, an interesting absolutely. choice. Um, the other one that I wanted to bring up in middle was... Um, I don't know what to call it, but I'll just say the split frame shot that he uses twice. Once with at the very beginning, while yeah. the orchestra is tuning up, um, where Harry is on one side They're of the frame. They're laying in bed together? And, no. When Harry is on one side of the frame and Sarah is on the other side of the frame... And they're on the other side of the doors, and he's stealing her television oh, yeah, to go yeah, down yeah, to the yeah. pawn shop. And then, yes, the, Jack, later, bed. the other time they use it is when they're lying in bed. This is the more confusing one. When they're lying in bed together, Marion and Harry, um, I mean, what, like two feet two apart? Feet. They'd still do the same split cut thing to, to move me. them six inches closer. That here's here's what I got no, that out made of this sense one. to me, man. Yeah, Jake, <clears throat> yeah, go. It, well, they're 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 both living inside their own worlds, and they're not intimate, despite the fact they're right next. That's to That's exactly other. what I got from it. And like when he moves, it shows you his movement, but from her on her side of the screen, it shows you how she's perceiving it to show yeah. that they're like they're not in unison here. They're they're these are though they're doing they're in the same place, doing a very intimate thing. They are not together. I I certainly think that's what it's going for, and it worked it worked for me. Because it actually moves them physically closer together. I understand. They're still physical closeness split. does not it belies their yeah. their re- emotional relationship. I think that's probably exactly right. Yeah, it's moving them closer together, but they're still split. Okay, so in that case, the first one is a relatively practical choice, and the second one is a metaphorical choice that flew way over my head, and you guys got immediately. So we've also I've seen the movie. I've seen twice. the movie again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess my point was this seemed like an arbitrarily artistic choice that didn't necessarily need to be there and distracted from the overall thing, but uh, whatever. Well, I guess this if it is does where I have a method to its madness. This is I'm where I put overindulgence in general. Yeah. I, I, like, okay. that's a good example cool. of that. I mean, I of all the movies that overindulge, like, th- there's a lot of merits to what this one does. Like, it's cool. It's blowhardy, but there's it's to an end, I suppose. I don't think that I would feel the same way if it wasn't like this. So I couldn't put it in wrong. Totally. A lot of movies that really insist upon themselves, I'll just say, fuck you, too. Well, that, that's and totally recoil. That's but what, this one. That's what I was different. trying to say earlier when Mark was talking about the density of directorial choices. Like, it would be so easy for that to be obnoxious and you just go, fuck off with all this stupid arty yeah. shit you're could doing. You, could yeah. you imagine if M. Night Shyamalan decided to direct a movie this hard? I would bounce oh off of that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'd watch it. Purely for the comedy. <laughs> yeah, I think the thing is, too, I, you we all know that M. Night believes in his heart of hearts that he could do this. He wrote a, a whole movie, like movie this, about right? his author genius, Jesus. 
And <laughs> I, he's going to teach humanity to fall in love with mermaids again <laughs> and then get killed for it. Because he thinks or believes that he could do this. I, I have no idea if he, whatever he, let's say he does. I really want that movie to My happen. Google I, that's what I'm saying. served me an article the other day that's like 10 underrated movies from the 2000s you should probably revisit. And one of them How was Lady in the Water. And the author was no claiming other that like, this movie is unfairly maligned. It's been ta- I sent a message on this website to the author like, you are. I understand you have to write these listicles and you don't get paid enough and this all sucks. But you've written a very bad article. <laughs> <laughs> but Lady in the Water the should other be ones, scrubbed though? Were the other existence. ones any good? No, no, it's all horseshit. What, was, there are other Shyamalan choices to make. There absolutely, there was no other Shyamalan movie on the list. I don't that's, remember. That's what a, lot a of weird poll yeah. of his stuff. Yeah, that's the one that deserves a revisit. Fuck off. Some of us just need hope in our lives. Okay, some of us there just was hope want in meaning. signs. A lot of hope in signs. What? Signs is He's all shrugging. hope. Yeah, it's all hope. All hope. Swing away. Exactly. <laughs> Christ. Hey, uh. I have a suggestion. While we're talking about overindulgence, uh, I have a suggestion for a new segment that we should put before does right. Ooh, God, let's, yeah, let's segment the podcast more. We can't. We can't. We have it dialed so healthily that we need more. Segments. I like. I love segments. Uh, I want a segment where we just discuss whether or not the name of the movie is good or makes sense or is overindulgent, which it is in this case. What the fuck does "Requiem for a Dream" even mean? I mean, yeah, it's like a funeral poem for their dreams dying. Sarah's dream of being on television dies. Harry and Marion and Tyrone's dreams of getting off the streets and not getting off of drugs, but stop being, being reliant upon the hustle dies. So you've explained why it works requiem. perfectly? That's just such a dumb... But Okay, that's so... New York Times named this shit, is it, I guess what I'm saying. Or uh, an intellectual <laughs> blowhard. Like, I don't know why you're going uh, yeah, to New York exactly. Times when Darren Aronofsky is a much better analogy for which a blowhard. Is why I'm bringing, which is, is why I'm bringing this up now, because we're just talking book. about how self-indulgent This is a is. book. It's a book. Yeah, that's true. Okay, good it's point. It's a book also, from 78. It, I think it's a great title. This is a great title. I, I now, think it's a, I'm here's a my proposal. blowhard, but I think it's a great title. Yeah, you need to read the book, apparently. I this do is where need Jack to read the book. Like, I read the book. Uh, if we're going to do this segment, mm-hmm. if you're going to shit on the name of the movie, you need to come in with a better title. That's a great idea. That's the new rule. I'll, I'll, if you do that, Mark, I'll, if this is a segment, I'll make a whole new sound effect for it to drop the whole... So you don't have to do it today. Okay, but okay. I don't have to do it today. This is the agreement. But yes, I will. Okay. I will. Uh, that goes for all it. of us. That goes for all of I us. I know. Okay. If you shit on it, you have to have a suggestion That's for, a better, a, great idea. for a better name. Yep. Okay, love it. Love it. Rename this movie. <laughs> great title for the segment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're already presupposing Speaking of titles, yeah. <laughs> the, the title of this segment belongs in this segment. <laughs> God, <laughs> fucking damn it! What's it do? What's, I'm moving on. What's it do wrong? Uh, not much. Oh no, not I, much. Yeah, not a whole lot. I, you know, I will have. I do have actually one organic one that I don't know how much of it is actually. I'd kind of be curious to know how the background like logistics of this stuff work because I don't know if this is on Amazon or if this is on um like the production company or the movie itself or if they're just like ripping it from the DVD. But these subtitles are jacked up. I watched this on, this on Tubi, Amazon. and the subtitles function wouldn't work at all, so... I don't watch on subtitles. I don't use them. You know that. I mean, yeah, that's fine. If you're watching with subtitles on Amazon, I, you can watch it for free with ads, which seemed like a horrible decision, so don't. I did not do that. That would be so weird. Oh, my so God, I the ads it. would be so bad. 
And the subtitles normally normally in like newer things you can choose like font and like backing drugs. color and stuff like that for subtitles. Like you can choose whether or not they're transparent or color. I, you can I, do like white or yellow text, whatever. Netflix has one, really was, perfected the right font and and like color for subtitles. In so this it's case, always like accessibility compliant and shit. And basically, it just oh, it's never obtrusive. It always looks good. It's that like okay. gray with the like shadow white black background. Oh, but it's always the same. And the and yeah. the and the letters themselves are outlined yeah, so that they very stand good. out yeah, no matter yeah, what yeah. the background is. Um, so in this case, it was the highlighted black background with the like font that you would have gotten from closed captions on your television in like the probably around two thousand. Um, and. Like, the words were wrong, the sentences run together, there's no punctuation. So they just paid one of the auto services to do it, and it did a bad job, like... I mean, potentially. I just want to know where it comes from, if that's... I don't think it's Amazon, or it may have just been the the track ripped from, like, the original DVD or something like that. But, in any case, you know, buyer beware, the subtitles are bad. Good to know. I, uh, here's what the movie did wrong is... I don't want to say... I don't know. Fuck Tubi for making the subtitles. They just didn't work at all. I could not make them function when I watched this on Tubi. <laughs> so we're talking a lot about implementation things rather than the movie yeah, itself. Yeah, no, huh? that's uh-huh. not yeah. an art. Yeah, because the movie doesn't do much wrong. No, I don't have anything. Yeah, I'll, just, I'll get this free and clear. This is one of the best movies I've seen in the last decade. Yeah, I don't have it's anything. It's really good. Uh, movie. Well, then the, blow, blow the whistle, Mark. I'm yeah. Blow the whistle because this is nitpicky. Uh Do you still have one? Well, I was just going to say that the harsh strobe at the end really sucks to look at. Yeah. And- blow, blow a fucking whistle. <laughs> blow it right now. <laughs> now say what you just said again. No, that yeah. goes and does wrong. No, Something that is like... Ah, no, it doesn't. Yes, if, it, if, it's, if it's medically deter- deleterious to someone's health, like... Deleterious. I think you should have a warning. Deleterious, then. Mark. Deleterious. Deleterious. Then I think you should have a warning. At the be- absolutely, you should. I'm not going to be like, don't do this in your film. Like, If you set out to sure. make something unwatchable and you succeed, then it's unwatchable. Then you make an unwatchable film. And that is my nitpick for this. This is borderline that. Like, because of how sad this, it is. I don't ever want to feel the way that this movie makes me feel. There are zero circumstances under Sometimes which I want to feel The fact something, that you're putting you know? this in a nitpick is very it's, weird. It's not me. something the movie does wrong. It set out to make you the movie. You put this in does the- middle last time for his house. How much of a I bummer say- it is. I would yeah, say, but that, I, but that I, uh, then I I stand by why I'm putting it here now because that was just like, look, this movie has some like really kind of dark and depressing stuff going on, but that movie is a lot more watchable when you come out the other side. This one actively makes it's you worse want when to you curl up in the fetal yep. position, like just like all the characters character- in the film. And we didn't even talk about that—the simultaneous fetal position curling. Oh, and I have to nitpick that because the, I, as a viewer. I don't ever want that. Like, you've made a product that I don't want. So, Great. Good fucking work. Sometimes you got to feel something, Jake. Like, again, this is what the movie does wrong for Jake. The fact that you're putting this in Epic is extremely uh, weird to it me. It does seem like the you worst ne- place for you him to put it. You never want to watch this movie again, and yeah. the reason why, you're putting under nitpicks. I, I see both sides of this, but also- yeah, we're kind of nitpicking not, the fact that it's a nitpick, which the movie would now be the podcast is deteriorating. Worse if it didn't do that, like if it didn't yeah, commit exactly. to it. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it's something the movie does wrong. I try to be a little more I'll get objective. us back on track to nonsense here. Mark, you kept saying the mother was taking meth. Why? Uh, because most diet pills are meth. No, Speed is meth. I mean, it's amphetamines, but not meth. Methamphetamine, yeah. They're, especially, I, so the setting of this movie is a little, it, it's specifically opaque. Mm-hmm. We don't really know when it is. But 
diet pills it's in the, the 80s and 90s absolutely had methamphetamine. In movies in the 90s. I mean, th- I guess this is getting a very weird biological difference, but you're, they, they did not have synthesized meth in them, right? That once your body processed it, it would react in a way similar <laughs> to meth and maybe become meth at some point during that chemical process, but weren't manufactured with meth in them. Fine. Let's take what. So don't take amphetamines then. Yes, they're amphetamines. Yes, absolutely, they're amphetamines. Yes. The book okay. came out in '78, and it was definitely modernized from that. But yeah, yeah. we're talking late '80s, early '90s, probably. I well, I think it's specifically like not kind of timeless. Yeah. 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 But you know, based on like what's going on with some of the stuff that it's generally speaking, yeah, around then. Sure. Exactly. It's definitely not the '70s. I, another thing, this movie. Another nitpick I had early on in the movie. He says your house is gonna blow up because the radiator's making noise. It's a steam radiator. The absolute worst that could do by malfunctioning or building up too much Spray pressure. steam all over you? Yeah, or flood the house, maybe, but absolutely can't blow up the house. Yeah, I guess I don't... Well, I mean, A, he's a fucking dope addict. I guess that's so true. Yeah. Whatever. But are there any of those radiator structures that are like have gas in them, like live gas line in them somehow? Uh, I mean, not any legal ones I'm aware of at any point in American history, but I don't know. But that one is how definitely is, a steam did, radiator. Yeah, it is. I mean, it definitely is. Right. How are you heating the steam? Probably in a boiler in the basement? Yes. That's where the gas line would be? Yep. Okay, so yeah, there you go. Solved it. <laughs> well, we didn't solve it. It's still a nitpick. Hmm. It's an actual nitpick. We just but unpacked we solved it, it further than we needed to. Yeah, that's kind of the theme right now. Um, is the, it? I don't know. I, well, I don't know. The movie takes a lot of things. Hey, nitpick. Okay. Sorry, Jack. What? Quick neat pick. Uh, just to, as a callback to one of our earlier episodes, the shot of Jennifer Connelly in the bathtub screaming uh, was licensed by Darren Aronofsky based off of what other movie that we have reviewed? Black Swan? Nope. No. The, I don't know. I think the other <laughs> he licensed it, he licensed the it off of his own thing. Yeah, why in the not? Future. <laughs> yeah, a thing that he made 10 years from when he made this movie. I uh, remember this piece of trivia too, and it's like not coming to my Perfect brain right Blue, now. the anime movie. Oh yeah, that's right. Fuck the one that like he definitely that he licensed, but definitely didn't use any of for Black Swan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You were so you were closer than you. Uh, no, I that, that's when I that's what I couldn't think. I couldn't think of the name of it when Mark said for. I was wrong. Yeah, which is just a remake of Perfect Blue. But yeah, Perfect Blue. Uh, go yeah. back and listen to that episode because it was also pretty good. And Aronofsky loves it. As a movie, I can definitely wait. So, explain, so explain to me what happened here again, it. Mark. He licensed what? So there is the the Jennifer Connelly shot in this where she's in the bathtub, floating face down in like the fetal position, and she just screams. Yes. It's like right after the uh, she has sex with the shrink, right. whatever the hell his name is. Right, her turning um, point. Right, exactly. Her descent. Um, sh- that shot is a like shot for shot remake of the shot from Perfect Blue. Oh, gotcha. Okay, I understand. I and I misunderstood your question, but yes. Although he has taken um liberties with other things from that movie and said that they did not inspire it, <laughs> even that though he paid to specifically. License it. Okay, that I one see. specifically he paid to license because it's literally <laughs> the exact same. Yeah, that movie had no impact on him whatsoever. <laughs> no, not at all. Um. I I I, miss, I see. I, I thought you were saying what movie licensed Jennifer Connelly screaming? No, that'd be 
interesting though. Let's use that as a music sample somewhere. I bet. <laughs> I bet Skrillex could do a good work with that. Skrillex, huh? Yeah. I don't okay. know if they're yeah. orderlies or nurses or doctors who are working on his mom when she's in the hospital, uh, like being transferred over to the the gurney and then moved around. But they're the ones that are just like randomly talking about talking about something. his trip to Vegas and his seat at the blackjack table. Yeah, and then he's talking about how. The night was going so well for him that he was moving up. He had the black five hundred dollar chips in his pocket, and then it's go every everything's coming up his way. And then he says, "It's all going my way. I'm hitting on hard seventeens." And then all of a sudden, <laughs> they ask me to leave, and I didn't know why. If you're hitting on hard seventeens, either you're a one hundred percent moron, or you That's were the joke. Okay. Is it a joke? The joke is that he's a moron. No, no, no. Because the other, the, I think the joke he's trying to make is that. There is one circumstance you'd hit on hard 17s, and then if it's the count is, I think, minus six, and the dealer has a 10 showing. How often does this, how often does this happen? Like, never. He says, exactly. I'm hitting on hard 17s. Yeah. But someone who's I don't know, stupid, dude. It's, it's, I mean, it's a joke. If you're telling that story, you, you did it once, and it was successful. Or, like, for him to be hitting... Really? Like, in that yeah. way? Yeah. I took it as he didn't know what he was doing. He made some money, and then he doesn't know how to play it. I table. took it as Darren Aronofsky read a little bit up on, like, ultra-high-level blackjack play, but didn't realize he'd gotten into the full-bore card-counting portion of, right. the, of the article and gave this guy... Like, because obviously then he was kicked out for counting cards, because if you're successfully hitting well, on hard 17s, you're absolutely counting cards. Um, yes. And so it just it felt this was like a not it felt impersonal. Okay, I see Wait, what but, you're saying. I see what you're saying. But then if but they but then they wrote that he got kicked out. So Aronofsky knew who or whoever. But wrote the guy that was confused that he got kicked out. So the guy was, was counting accidentally cards, counting realize, cards, or didn't realize. Like <laughs> maybe Jack, maybe the character had done the research, right? And so he's misusing <laughs> what hitting on hard seventeens is. Yeah, I see your point. I, it's a bit of a sloppy dialogue if you're a very big blackjack knowledgeable human person thing like you are knowledgeable Dude. person human thing <laughs> that's that was my the, nickname in high school <laughs> i know the orchestra tuning up in the first scene is you know it has a whole backstory yeah to you it. talked about this like eight times now. but also it is i almost identical to the sound that would happen when you started up a ps3 and that took me back oh yeah i mean that's kind of like the sound of an orchestra like it's just the orchestra tuning up yeah but. Still, it's it's it, cool. I think everyone likes that. Yeah. <laughs> everyone liked that. Yeah. I never everyone had a PS3. I'm a good boy. But you know exactly what sound that is. I, I, 100%. Not just be, and not, not just because you watched this movie. 100%. Like I miss that. I miss that opening tune-up. It's great. It was. They yeah. should have kept that for all yeah, consoles. Should have a better do. startup sequence. The N sixty four one was cool. The what is PS fives now? I don't even fucking know. They really dropped a ball. Switch just it's doesn't kind of, have it's one. kind of a sound. Yeah. Just nothing. Why? Why? What the fuck? Well, yeah. I think because they're just like, hey, you probably want to play your game, right? Let's no, not. They, let's get they're out of missing. Way. See, this is the problem. Is like we've in in our older age. What are Zennials going to reminisce about starting humanity, up a PS5? We've we've forgotten about the things that make things great mm-hmm. when you reminisce. Right? I think they just go like, like that. suck. Like give ma- do better. Get fucked. Do better. <laughs> yeah, well, get fucked and do better. <laughs> okay, Be- before we get too, f- I-, I we cannot. We cannot escape this movie without talking about the show that Sarah watches. So do. Because that's my nitpick. It is. What the fuck is this show it's like that Shooter McGavin is making? It's like game show, but very religious, but not. It's very strange. 
It yeah, it's either a game show or a really religious revival faith Why healing thing. Why can't it be a or multi-level a marketing diet, scheme? Yeah, like yeah, a yeah. diet-based yeah. multi-level marketing. The most things that we get from it are his. He says he has three rules, and then he only tells you two of them. But he like stopped eating red meat and, and drank more water or whatever. No, stop eating sugar. No sugar. No sugar. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's definitely like a a pyramid scheme. But you're, you're also show. Mark. You're also not sure how much of that is actually in the show, right? Because the uh, the rules because that he Sarah's watching it are yeah. after she starts her diet and she's starting oh, to lose they it. Are. Yeah, which is, no, yeah, which right. was one of the questions I had. Probably unanswerable question was is if she watches so much of this fucking diet heavy show, how come she's so fucking sideswiped by the fact she has to go on a diet? I, I took it I here's I took it as she watches the show, which was just a Christian religious show, like just a, you know, juice. You got the juice. Let's love every bit Christian, whatever. And then she starts, Sarah's got juice. Sarah's, Sarah's got, got juice. juice. <laughs> Sarah's got juice. Juice by Sarah. Juice by yeah, Sarah. Very juice weird. by Sarah. But also like that belongs so on a lot of that weird programming. And then she starts this diet. She reads the rules like in this diet book she has of no sugar. And suddenly that becomes one of the things they yeah. chant at her from yeah. the TV. Like one so cup that's kind black. of part of her mental focus deteriorating yeah. is how I took it. I, I think that makes sense. I don't know. The more that I think about it, the more I see like how every aspect of her life was still already like addict behavior too. How much time she spent watching that show? Oh, for the sure. The whole thing with the cho- the whole thing with the chocolates was like very. This is she's about to. Yeah, she went from being addicted yeah. to sugar to being to being addicted, addicted to, to, worse to things. amphetamines. Yeah, and I crash mean, diets. This man. is this is now a very contentious issue within the psychiatric community, right? But addicted to depression, this idea of like you love this routine you have that's also deleterious to your health. I'm using deleterious a lot, uh, but you you know this this idea of can you be addicted to the low-level depression that results from a unhealthy routine. I am unfamiliar with this, so I am not going to comment. Yeah, this is an interesting conversation that yeah. Yeah. probably shouldn't be had on this. <laughs> well, all three of us are well, board-certified psychiatrists, so I don't I just can't. I can't even comment on it, but that if that's a thing, then wow. <laughs> that's and, and what I'll say. I mean, the, the prevailing weight of authority presently seems to be no- yeah, that that isn't a part of it. That isn't a part of addiction or addiction research or addiction scholarship. That's depression, which is its own like field caused by different things. And then there's it's it's this. <laughs> I mean, it's I the equivalent. So of, confused. It's it it's sort of the equivalent of what critical race race theory is in the law, but for depression and addiction issues in psychiatry. Um, this cut. is a super interesting conversation that I definitely want to keep having. Cut that, cut that, cut that, cut no, that. No, 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 Leave all of this in. A, CRT is not the weird demonized thing that- No, it's not. It's Fox will Why are we going deeper? We're just digging in. I don't know anything about it's, what Jack's talking about. But it's fascinating. But yeah. what I mean I is think, that- I think that you allow your- I think that people allow themselves to play the victim because they think that it makes them sympathetic- but then also it feeds into a spiral of depression. I don't know if that's what you're I saying. I just, I don't even want to open my mouth so I'm say something stupid. In the, in, okay. in the way that, I mean, obviously critical race theory isn't what anybody thinks it is, right? It's just, it's just a study of how right. racist industries affect every field of the law since the law in America became a thing, right? Yeah, critical that's race it. theory has been around for, I mean, multiple decades and right. only in the last two years has it become a focus. But there, there is some right. valid stupid. scholarship to argue that those kind of, that kind of systemic racism can be better addressed through the individual fields of the law rather than as a holistic comprehensive thing right that's that's the actual scholastic debate about critical race theory 
Similarly, I, as I understand it in psychiatry, there's a dispute about this kind of addiction and depression thing. Are, are they more unified than people think or, or are they independent things? Uh, yeah. I have a nitpick with American society. Me? Does, what? <laughs> just what? I thought that's just what... I, that's a nitpick? Oh, I'm sorry. I have something in American society that is wrong. I thought that's that's wrong. Wrong. I want, I'm going I'm to bump it up. Yeah. I'm going to escalate. <laughs> Thank you. Systemic, systemic racism and homophobia. I guess that's two things. My bad. Uh, we could keep going. But Let's we're not, not going to. We're going to get back to nitpicks about this movie. Uh, if we have any. I'm out of that. <laughs> Um, I have one. So, Jack, you introed me with um uh, a line of dialogue. I sure did, wanna, buddy. Do, we, do you care to repeat it? Yes, I do. Uh, I introed you with uh, someone else who ain't trying to jive you, Jim. What's Jim? Why does Tyrone call Harry Jim three separate times in this movie? I took it as a part of his Darren Aronofsky's extremely white writing of his Urban experience, quote unquote, heavily air quoted urban experience. I don't know. Harry, aka Jim. I, I don't know. That was just, that was just a weird. I think I, I, th- just... I think Darren Aronofsky thinks that black people call people Jim as slang. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Okay. Could it not just be like he doesn't know his name and he doesn't care? He def- they're really good friends, but they're also in a world of drugs. I suppose. <laughs> Jack, you should be hanging out with bridge people. Yeah. I've, I've been calling you Jake ever since I started drinking whiskey, and that's not even your real name. Exactly. Where where does Harry live also? Because I kind of thought he lived with his mom, but then that's... No, no, no. no. Yeah, his his mom together. lives on Long Island for sure. And then all they're the other times the, we see him, he's in Tyrone's apartment. Yeah, they're in this... I think he's just like crashing, dude. I, I thought is he, he bridge people? No, no. He, Harry might be Harry bridge Harry is people. the bridge he people. Lives with, okay. He lives with Marion in their, I assume, Hell's Kitchen illegal loft. Oh, it has to be Hell's Kitchen, right? <laughs> in know. 1978, that's where Daredevil lives. In 1978, <laughs> it re- I think it really could have the, been anywhere. The Daredevil needing to clean up Hell's Kitchen played so much better when that comic book came out in 1973 than when it did when in 2017 <laughs> when Netflix made a show about it. Was it still acting about Hell? Was it still? Oh, about it's very deep kitchen. on. He's the Devil of Hell's Kitchen who protects Hell's Kitchen from criminal overlords. Oh my god! In twenty, and it's not like a show it, set in the past. <laughs> oh my god! He needs to clean up these streets from that fucking <laughs> gentrification coffee house. Yeah. <laughs> uh, lastly, this is a super small one. This is really more of a neat pick than anything else. Um, but the whole like "don't do drugs" message of this did send me back down the the rabbit hole of the McGruff, the Crime Dog oh, album that we were listening to before uh, we started Listener, recording, which is why Jack, which is why Jake keeps singing about yes, "don't do drugs." Yes, if you're wondering why we've said that about a hundred times, it's don't a song on the Scruff McGruff "Take a Bite Out of Crime" anti-drug CD you could order off the television in 1997. I don't think it was a CD. I think it was a cassette tape, <laughs> and. CD. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the name of the air quotes album was Smart Kids. Maybe you should get that shit on vinyl. <laughs> I'm not sure. I, dude, if I if that showed if I was able to get that on if 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 LP me please or vinyl me please or whatever the hell the name of that website is if they did a like first run pressing of McGruff the Crime Dog. Oh, so Smart you need it Kids. off like the master. Yeah, what like a 45 actually, what RPM. Actually Do you know who the artist is? McGruff the Crime Dog. That's not the artist. There's no way. Okay. Got this defector article so long, I can't find the actual name of the the uh, the the album in here. 
Listener, do yourself a favor. I think there's only six songs. The best one is Don't Do Inhalants, but there are there are gems all the way down. Yeah. Smart Kids was the debut album from the 80s ad council anti-drug mascot Scruff McGruff the Crime Dog. If you can find it, I mean, you can find it on YouTube. Go listen to it. It's there, there's, a one for, there's one for sale uh, for $20. On vinyl? Where? On Shipping from vinyl? the U.S. It's a, se- it's a seven inch. Yeah. It's a seven inch. This is a 1986 pressing. There's it a, says it's very good. There's 11 songs on the album. Is a seven inch big enough for that? I That's thought it was six. Saying. I think there's six songs on the album. Oh, dude, they're all like 30 seconds. What the fuck is Winners this? don't, don't use. Inhalants. No, no, no. Marijuana, inhalants, cocaine and crack, alcohol. Just We're going to need no. to dig into this a little more. There are a lot We're of, diving a lot of into things. This, boys. Yeah. If Mark you just tuned one. in, Is welcome to the heroin? second half of the second hour of the A to Z Horcast, where we talk about the Scruff McGruff anti-drug <laughs> we, we album. Review the album, yeah. uh, and kids. this is the, yeah. Look, I'm telling you, this this is why it's a neat pick. It's a fun rabbit hole to go down. <laughs> Especially check out. I'm glad I'm me. <laughs> that's that's the closer. That's the closer of the whole album. You got to close strong. Hey, you got to end on hope. <laughs> like this movie doesn't. <laughs> like, <laughs> should we go to ratings? Oh yeah, quick nitpick. Uh, amputating his arm would not save him. He would still die. You already said that. But they, you you assume sepsis. They say gangrene in the movie. It would save gangrene. Ain't no fucking way. That's not sepsis. Okay. It probably is sepsis. It probably, right? it's, it's, probably it's, sepsis. I, yeah, like he's just been sticking dirty ass needles in Mark, his arm for years and a half. He's just dribbling heroin into yeah. an open wound. If it's gangrene and sepsis, you absolutely need to amputate the arm to even have a hope of treating the sepsis. Oh, 100%. That arm had to come off. It was not going to be attached. Okay, like, so it was going to fall off. He might, like, he's still in the hospital. Like, he might live. Who knows? Well, you can treat well, and that's a, That's a piece of trivia is that the original author insisted that he lived because life is suffering. So, you know, now we've gone from ending on hope to ending on life is suffering. Let's go to ratings. That's... You'll be suffering pain. We over at Easy Horror use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think about Smash Mouth, we rate how quickly it's moving when it comes. And when it comes, it moves so slow. And for 10, think about SpongeBob, we rate Finding a Rock. It's not just a boulder, it's a rock. A rock. A rock. It's a big, beautiful, old. Story is the first category to rate these movies. This was TJ's pick, but I'm going to rate the thing for story. I'm giving this a 10 for story. This is an exceptional story. I understand it's based on the book. I haven't read that book yet. It is. <laughs> You're going to have to, apparently. I, I, I'm actually. You're going to spend more time to the longer this version. This seems like of a suffering. delightful beach read. Um, I'm yeah, going, just very, you know, <laughs> real very nice breezy. And light. Yeah. Do it with an ice cream in hand. Yeah. I'll go know. from Jeeves and Worcester to this. Um, I want to know. Do you, I, I'm curious. When you do get it, tell me, please, or actually fill us in on the air. Uh, if it's easier to find the original book or if it's easier to find the novelization of the movie Requiem for a Dream based is on the Is that book, a thing Requiem that exists? I, it has to exist. Oh, God. I bet it does. Uh, either way, as <laughs> presented that. in the movie, the story <laughs> is so good. We talked about how all of these characters are instantly identifiable. Like, none of them are evil. They're all relatable characters. It, there's no real exposition here. Like there's some lines that are expository, but there's no real just direct exposition. Everything serves the characters' journeys. 
they tie in these four independent stories. No one of them, obviously the, the mothers predominates, but no one of them like overwhelms the other characters stories in a way. And their suffering is all unique to them and they're all hopeless in their own way. This is unbelievably written. The dialogue from scene to scene is also very well written from like a less overarching story perspective and a more narrow. This can see both the forest and the trees. It's really well written. It's a 10 for me, Mark. I mean, appreciate you. I gave it a seven. The story is fantastic, if a bit minimal. Um, I I really don't have much to add. I, I don't disagree with you going higher. It's an exceptionally good story. Yeah. Jake? And so you gave it a seven because of the minimal quality? Uh, Yeah, I mean, overall, it's a, it's a hard one to land from keeping in mind that our rating system is specific to horror movies as well. And perfect. And perfect. And that it's a perfect rating system. I Yeah, the, like the one note that I written down was basically that this is essentially a judicious lack thereof story. We just, aside from Sarah, Sarah injects the story that this movie is doing that's actual work. Other than that, I mean, how many other movies have we seen about drug addicts struggling against the hustle and ultimately failing? Yeah, I I do like, I do like how, um, I mean, having zero knowledge of the book, all of us are in that boat. I do like how this was at least adapted for the screen. uh, And the way that works is pretty much flawless. But the fact that the, the actual like story arcs of these folks are, totally revolving around drugs and and pretty minimal at, le- at least in terms of like how long this thing takes it keeps it from being perfect for me but i'm closer to jack going with a nine I, it's a very 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 good story yeah hey before we go into immersion uh i did want to take a quick detour into the az horror legal corner i meant to do this Ooh. earlier and i forgot about it now this is a hard one to do because we don't really know specifically when this happens but could you arrest somebody for bringing in their friend who had a like drug related wound? No. Not like not is at there any all. world where Tyrone gets arrested? Not at all. There have been I mean unfathomably well, infrequent instances of people trying to prosecute a possession case for it being in someone's like bloodstream and like currently acting on them and they have always failed and they're not done. Uh, absent a wild abuse of discretion, like it's so not, possession it, it would not count. Yeah, I should have brought that up in nitpicks. Okay. Yeah, thank you, Mark. It's it's a uh, simply not going to happen. Yeah, like Tyrone gets fucked over for a lot of other reasons. This movie, but I don't really believe that a realistic end to his storyline is that he's in prison. You don't think that a realistic end well, to Tyrone's okay. storyline is that from he gets extremely racist arrested? South in the early nineties. I think that 80s. that's the most likely case, yeah, okay, fine. dude. But there, okay, there so been, actually, it's pretty likely that he's to in your prison. point, Mark. Yeah. The the crime of consumption of drugs is and there's a reason that isn't a crime in like I think any state. I don't know it to not be a crime in every state, but it isn't a crime like in the vast majority of states, if it is anywhere, because it's unconstitutional and you couldn't prove it. It has practical and legal troubles. There you go. Yeah. And then he'd get arrested. I forgot where World I was. World building and immersion is the next category. Thank you. World building and immersion, our second category. I'm going to give this a seven for world building and immersion. I think the immersion, <laughs> it's a tough one with immersion, right? Because I have to go back to my initial viewing a little and thinking it's two and a half hours long. It, it it isn't, but it's it's a tough hang. It's brutal to sit through. It's, it is a tough. But hang. that's also like kind that. of to its credit on the immersive standpoint. But 
I think then, so then I just like the tiebreakers, the immersion cat or the world building category. And they never really build a world here. Like the mother's apartment is a cool world. But apart from that, there the apartments and the condos never really make sense. Like where exactly they are. It's not clear what, I mean, they're in New York, but like it never, that never feels like a big part of it. Like they don't go to great effort to build a world here. I think it's, I kind of like the charming insular society they have of all of the old ladies that, that are tanning that, and on the that's front the most world building they the do. Yeah, 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 for <laughs> sure. But for me, I, because this isn't a huge world building, emer- like this isn't a movie about the setting. This is like, it's all within their heads and I'm not counting that's true. the world they build in their own heads as yeah, world building the movie does. So I'm giving it a seven. Jake. Or Mark? Did I go? Did I go second? I think okay, you I did. I think you went second. I thought you went second. Uh, did I? No, 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 no. Definitely not. I have no oh, idea. Definitely not. You're I going these yeah. beers I, I are nine and a half percent, and I've had I to buy five stick. of them. Karung bin. Uh, I gave it. Yeah, I gave it a nine. So in a, in a way, Jack and I flipped. This always happens. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, this is an extremely immersive movie. Part of it is that, like, I am absolutely fascinated when I can tell that a director has a, a vision and a creative touch that is like meaningful and augmenting the actual story he's telling those choices become ever more fascinating for me. And I am glued to the screen. The only reason it's not a perfect 10 for me is because he set out to make an unwatchable come down sequence about how hard drugs are. Yep. And he succeeded in making an unwatchable sequence. <laughs> It's I mean, fucking it's watchable. It just sucks. It's watchable. To watch I it. survived watching it, and then I had a headache for the rest of the night. So yeah, I'm, I'm knocking <laughs> a point off. Boys, I watched this harm. this morning. Just I I don't know why I haven't talked about this yet, but I couldn't couldn't bring myself to do it Friday night on what was supposed to be a celebratory Friday for me. Could well, then duh. Couldn't do it on the Saturday morning following because I was too hungover and it would have sent me into a spiral. Didn't yeah. want to do it Saturday night because my wife wanted to watch something and I didn't want to like. And she's seen it too. And we were both like, "Nah, that <laughs> she doesn't was like, feel." I want to watch. I want to watch the season finale of Blinded by Love or Love is Blind, whatever the fuck the name Blinded is. Blinded by Love. Blinded by Love. <laughs> I want to watch season finale of Love is Blind, and you just barrel in like, "Actually, you want to watch Requiem for a Dream?" Though she wanted to fun. watch Doctor Strange Love, uh, which we did end up watching. Um, oh, that's the word Love. Movie. That's a better movie. They have the word Love. Uh, it's not a better movie. It's an. Can it's, I go, Jake? Go. Movie, yes. You should have gone when it- I said. Nah, it's fine. I gave it a seven and a half. Uh, I'm blending two of the things that you guys said because it ultimately be- it it's perfect in the end. Tough hang, like what Jack said. Yep. But I couldn't take my eyes off the screen, like what Mark said. That's even on second viewing. Um, the fact that more I on knew, second viewing, more so. I'm more interested yeah. in the directorial choices, like the actual scene. Yeah, there was a little bit more of like how the technical elements yeah. of this hit, which honestly, maybe that did save me a little bit. I don't know. However. <sighs> This is such a weird movie in the sense that it is so difficult to watch, and yet you can't... It's the train wreck, right? You can't take your eyes off it. For sure. And that's good tragedy, I guess, question mark? It's very good It's tragedy. just such a very... It's such a very difficult thing to have to endure. And that's what it feels like in the end. It's endurance. I don't feel good after watching it, but I watch it. I don't pick up my phone and do other things. It's immersive. It's just... Bleh and hard and and devastating and melancholy, and I don't like it. Maybe this is a weird time to do this, but we haven't talked yet about how, like, there's a difference between I feel weird and hollow and gross at the end of a film versus 
having that feeling like be rough the entire viewing experience, right? Because like Dr. Horrible sing along blog for me was one that I've watched that. I, I watched that when it came out. I've watched it I twice a year since it came out. And every time I am hollow and affected by the end and it makes me feel weird and gross and horrible, but it's fun to watch throughout. Like it's a delight to experience. Yeah. There's a difference between a turn and a movie that is just that. Right. This is, is more than just a tragedy. This is yeah. a tough hang throughout. Yeah. It's a tough hang. What, what's interesting about this, though, is I, I will say that I was left more upset and depressed by uh, the girl who got rattled, the segment. The gal who got rattled, drugs, yeah. The gal who got rattled than I was by this movie. By a I mean, for time. sure, at the Weird. end of that sucks, too. No, but that whole movie's about nihilism, sure. so. <laughs> I That barely phased me, and this makes me want to. I, the they, make, they make me feel very similar. Like It's also they part do. of why I love the Ballad so of Buster Scruggs. Apparently all three takes. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I don't even, are we on Scare now? Scare Factor. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. This what, is, was your actu- what was your actual seven immersion? And a half. Seven and a half. This, okay. is, this is the hardest category, right? Because I feel as though I have to remove the adult fears, actual real life like addiction stuff out of it. Then because, you got very little. And without that stuff, you've got a two. It has okay. it has blood splattering on his face when he's having his arm amputated. <laughs> it has it has by a the, refrigerator eating. By someone. that measure, True Lies is a two. Well, yeah. but, but like it, there is, and there is also a lot of the like we said horror tropes that come in in his directorial choices. There's a lot of the making you feel weird cinematography, like making you feel discomforted. But I, it's real. I don't know how to do this one. Because, like, if, I, if I'm if i that stuff... That's fair. Like, Jack, give it a two and walk away. I don't want to because I want to talk this through. I'm having this thought now. Well, it's, this is the part where we aren't going to take that long, though. Okay, two. Jake, Mark? <laughs> I want to have a conversation. Mark, no. <laughs> no, You, if you have something new to say, say it, Jack. Well, just what, what I'm going to say is, like, I don't... But I don't know how much he... When he's using those horror shots in service of this movie, the, the editing, the cutting, the fisheye lenses, the disorientation to the viewer... But in service of these adult fears, is that a horror thing or not? I don't know. I I'm gonna go go with no. I guess is what I've chosen to do here. I mean, he wasn't. Yeah, I, he wasn't really. Setting it's in out service of the movie. drama he's it's trying to make. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mark. Yeah, yeah. I gave it. I gave it a one and a half. I'm coming in lower. And actually, that was because you just talked me off of a one. There are some. I I would point to the uh, sequence that we talked about earlier where. Sarah's really having her meltdown. And aside from the fact that her refrigerator is trying to physically attack her, the people on her television are teleporting out and Samara ing her their way around her room. That's pretty scary. Yeah, I, I didn't even consider that's, yeah. that's an actual horror scene. So I mean that's there. But yeah, to your point, I don't think this was attempting to be a horror movie, albeit that the content is horrifying, but it, right, it's more but adult the, fears the, and drama than it is around what a horror movie is. All of this points me toward the fact that we should probably eventually actually put the work in and do a what is horror podcast. I think we've done one. <laughs> we have not. That's been one that's been on our list and that we're all afraid of doing because it's way too hard to distill that down into like a congealed test that we can apply that's, to things. Sounds, but I want to do we it. We should do that. It's going to take a while. I know. It yeah, sounds fun. It sound it's, fun. I'm just going to have to block out 12 hours of my time yep, to, to work to through think. all that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jake? Yeah, I give it a three. I, it's a very similar wavelength to you guys. Like, 
this movie is horrifying, but when we're talking about what scare factor as a category is on a horror blog, it doesn't have those typical... I mean, there are a few of them that make their way in. Uh, everything that is scary about this movie is such a real-life, situational sort of frightening element, but it's also so disconnected because you're just more sad than anything. Yep. Watching these people go down their respective spirals. Yeah, you never feel scared. They, no, I'm not. I'm not really scared for them as much as like I'm. Scared. I'm, I'm sad. Scared. Uh, I'm just sad. Yeah, I'm with you, Jake. That's that that's a good way sad. to put it. I mean, that's that's a, that's a good reason. It, this, despite using a bunch of horror shots, doesn't get higher on a scare factor score. Yeah. Um, that's going to take us into effects or judicious lack thereof, which is going to be a nine for me. Uh, this is a nine because it isn't pushing the boundaries in any of the ways we talk about here. There aren't a lot of like wild practical effects. Nothing looks unbelievable for me. This is a nine on execution, like because it's it's a use and execution of of like Mark, you said, a density of directorial choices throughout this thing from start to finish to great effect. I'm just not comfortable giving it a ten because it's not like creating new techniques it's using them all very very well but i guess so i guess it's a uh, it's just not pushing the boundaries enough for me to give it a full 10 i i don't know i've tried real hard for reasons i don't want to give it a 10 mark because it's it blowhardy <laughs> i get yeah exactly i gave it a seven and i'm fully fine with going higher than that um it's a bit of a hard one to rate there's a lot of things to weigh in on here yeah i didn't love the 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 amount of directorial stuff that happens is, on balance, very good. But it is also overwhelming and does distract from the storytelling, I would say. Sure. Somewhat. It, but it's like... But it's also necessary to it's the It's hard to talk about because yeah. it like it becomes the story. It's all purposely yeah, integrated. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. It's all well, it's somewhat less than perfectly integrated yes. because I only give this I, a seven. I agree. So I agree. there. And, and I mean, um, I talked about in what it does yeah. middle. Sometimes it's like not all cohesive and perfectly clear to me. Yeah. Um, uh, the only thing I didn't mention, I guess, uh, is is sound and editing and uh, sound mixing. I'm I'm putting into this category. Jake, all of it's really good. I feel vindictive now. I gave it a seven, but because of the discussion that we've had Wait, about the sound at po- large, did you just say you feel vindictive? Now? I feel like I'm being overly vindictive towards this movie. Oh, I thought you meant um, to say you were being vindicated. No, <laughs> not vindicated. No, no, no. I feel like I'm being vindictive. You are actually being vindictive. You use the it movie. right. I'm an idiot. Uh, I wrote a seven. I. Because of the discussion they've had about the sound, I'm going to bump this to an eight because okay. I had I had not considered that Respect. nearly as much as I should have. Corona's Quartet fucking rules. Yeah. So yeah, it, technically this movie's great. It just yeah, and it's it, the, it's the insistence upon itself wears thin, and I will. Fair. There is a point that we did pass in this where I'm gonna I'm gonna penalize you a little bit because cool it. Sure, but we it's like a tad we bit cool talk, it. Like the, you're gonna penalize it a little bit by giving it an eight and talking yourself up from a seven. Yeah. It's not, uh, dude. This there's a lot of really good shit here. I would be fine if someone gave this a higher score than that. Like I did, Jack did. Yeah. <laughs> if hypothetically, I gave it a seven. You gave to... it an eight. He gave it a nine. Nine. Okay. Well, I almost said perfect. Jake's been paying I, attention. I... Let's go to overall. <laughs> I was paying attention when you said it. I'm giving it a eight. Doesn't mean I remember it. For overall, this a what an eight. This is a. Really precisely made movie. It's really effective. It's what it's trying to do, which is be affecting. It's we talk like we had almost nothing. We, I don't think we had a single thing in like what the movie does hard wrong. It's, no, it's I, Mark really thinks I should have good, but I maintain no. Um, 
I understand both sides of that argument, but I'm giving this an yeah. eight. It's it's a tough hang, but holy shit, it's technically really good. Mark. Yeah, it is. Yep. Yeah, I mean, overall, uh, if we were rating movies. Here comes the hammer. Writ large. Here comes the hammer. Uh, this would be <laughs> in ten. the eight to ten range. Yeah. It's an exceptional piece of art that I thoroughly enjoyed watching and that I don't think is a horror movie. And if That's someone came to me point. asking for a recommendation of a horror movie... Never. Never this. Re- Requiem for a Dream would be very far down that list. So it it's, just wouldn't be... I wouldn't come to mind. Really. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. It, exactly. So <laughs> ultimately, like, movie. what I had written I, down I like was pick, that though. I gave this a DNF. It did not finish. <laughs> but in, in service of actually giving it a numeric score, as far as how likely this would just be Dalton for it. me to recommend... As a horror movie, I gave it a four. Yeah. And that's a total shot in the dark because I'm not really sure where it lands yeah. on that scale. But yeah. Jake, there's there's probably some weird the, end of this so conversation. I think like the only time this would when come up. The void? Whatever, this is for kind of the next segment. Can we just combine those and I'll give my score as part of it? Like when would you recommend? Unprecedented, the hell is this for? but sure. To whom the I think hell we need would to. we recommend because this? Because start for the record. For the record, we gave Enter the Voids collectively between yeah. two and three. It was like two, two and a half, three. As an overall? As an overall. Well, I, yeah, as I'd... a piece of art, I think this succeeds wildly better oh, than- 100%. Requiem for a Dream is a better movie than that. And a better but... horror movie and a better okay. thing and less blowhardy. And... I gave this a six. Uh, I, I did also bring it down a bit because of the same reason, or for the same reason, to put that a little bit more succinctly uh, as Mark. The, the thing with this one is- I would not go as far as to say that I would never record, like this wouldn't ever come onto my radar. But if I was having a discussion with someone about horror movies, now to bring this back to why this was recommended to us and yeah. like who this might be for, I-, I think that we would have to get into something about like, I this, this, this someone is looking for something that is disturbing. And then we have to have a little bit more of a dialogue around what that is. Like, oh, are you looking for like oh, Green Inferno extremism? Are you looking for gore? And like, if that's not it, then they want like something that's a little bit different but still disturbing. This is one of the most disturbing films I've ever seen that is not it's, involving something that's extremely gory. It's interesting. It's it would come up at that point. It for would. For as much as we've joked about it on this podcast, this movie. Rec- reviewing this movie as a horror review podcast is literally an issue of begging the question, right? Someone came to us and said, please review this as a horror movie. You guys have chosen to go with your begging the question. Like we're assuming it's a horror, or I suppose I've gone with TJ was begging I'm the question. I'm not able to participate in this conversation. I don't understand this turn of phrase. Okay. begging the. You've gone with TJ is begging the I, question. I've gone with TJ is begging the question. He's assuming the truth of a conclusion necessary to the outcome, right? That this is a horror movie. That isn't necessarily accepted. Uh, but I've chosen to accept that, like, sure, you're begging the question, TJ, but that's fine. Given that this is a horror movie, a premise that can't be disputed based on the way you asked the question, I'm giving this an eight. But you guys have chosen to go with reviewing this as a horror movie. Sure. It doesn't score as highly as a horror movie. Despite this being objectively perfect, it's subjective. <laughs> it is. So to translate this, this is into the, this is, policy debate. This is the best instance of begging the question that's ever come up on the podcast before. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. In we got success. Instance, cool. Yeah. No, I would, but I, I would like to. I would like to take this moment to announce my retirement. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do finally think, did it. <laughs> I do think, though, based on what I just said, I have found there is an angle at which dur- during which this would come up in that conversation about recommend recommend me a horror movie. Sure, 
But like Antichrist is disturbing too and much more of a horror movie. I disturbing mm. in a completely different way. Yeah, uh, I Yeah, no, no I there's no real character. The thing the other thing the other thing that I don't like about this as much as I mean it's been well over 15 years since I've seen this movie, but I remember um train spotting being more of a horror movie than this Watch and it. that's definitely in the same vein. You train spotting is in the yeah. Interesting. Fine. Maybe I'll maybe I'll okay. I I don't want to, but maybe I'll do train spotting. Fuck. My freshman college roommate absolutely loved the movie Trainspotting. It's I was just going to fucking say, yeah, the the Trainspotting is the college dorm poster of these movies. What a weird fucking dorm. No, the college dorm po- well, of these. But yeah. he, I mean, yeah, okay. You also say that Jake because he had He also literally had, had one. three <laughs> different Trainspotting posters up on his side of the room. It was such a weird thing. My God, I had a poster of the that doors again. that one of our friends got real high and wrote "May the Lizard King Rest," but spelled "lizard" with two Z's on it in Sharpie. So did was, they cross their was Z's? That, was that? Oh. Do I know that? Do I know that friend? You know that friend? He currently lives in Denver with his dog and has a grip of mushrooms in his bedside table. That one? that one. <laughs> oh. Wait, maybe one that we ever talk about Hold having on, a maybe grip of mushrooms. I, that's who I remember did it. That actually is the most likely candidate because I think there are elements of this that remind me of someone I'm talking to right now. <laughs> me? No. Oh. Should we get the fuck out of here because we're past it two hours? Have, I. It wouldn't have been him. I mean, then who are you talking to? A very specific a listener. Okay. Yeah. It's fine. Oh, a listener. Hey, listener. Hey, listener, if you're still it's here, fine. it's been over two hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Do you want to do the exit? This has I'll been. Do I'll do it. I'll, I know I have to do it because I was fucking yeah. You blackout. Need, you need a mulligan time. from last yeah. time when you I drank an entire so fucking bottle talk. of wine. I think it was because. <laughs> well, I think the problem was I was so drunk that if you know the the point that you get when if you haven't opened your mouth for like a minute, all of a sudden when you try to make words, it doesn't. Yeah, work. Yeah, happens to me most that's weeks. Where, that's where we were. That's, that's why where I talk we were. so much on this fucking thing. That's I'm what never... happens when you drink a couple beers and a bottle of wine. Yeah, I'm never doing wine again. I'm, I'm never doing wine. For the... I'm, Don't I'm, do I wine! About that. I'm off Don't the wine! Don't do wine! <laughs> this has been episode 244 of the A to Z Horrorcast. Uh, if you're still here hanging out, I'm going to make this short this week. Do not put your money towards our Patreon, though the link is down there in the description below. Put it somewhere that needs it. I think we're going to put some 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 links to more than what we even normally would. Jack, um, Jack, don't post do the Patreon link. I'm not below, going to actually. Actually, yeah, it's, fuck it's it. Take it out. Take it out. Record. Get rid it's of it. Not, Just put some links of where there. your money can go. There are so many places that need help right now. I'm going to get off the bandwagon right now. As always, the music is coming at you from Super Bear. Their link is also going to be down there in the description below, as normal. And next week we're going to a Mark pick. Woo, woo. It is Last Watch, which I can't recall for the life of me, so I'm interested in checking it oh, out. Oh, police station. Last day, it's open. You'll see. Okay, cool. Well, we're all going to see in about a week. And until then, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some horror movies. Have a great week, everyone. I remember being fouled hard. Never mind.